Sorry, you never see it again. Oh, hello. Hi, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Is this you trying to be cutesy because you weren't set up? You weren't prepared? It's not me being, it's me trying to prevent dead air. I'm not really, there's nothing cute about it. I just didn't want this station to be off the air. Um, dead all air right. cute. I have two, uh, I have two choices today. We have dramatic Hollywood classic or new school juvenile inanity. Or both. It is Friday. Why don't we start with the classic end with the inanity? All right. Tim, do you feel good about that? I feel tremendously. Okay. I feel like you need a little inanity in your life right now. All right. I do. We'll, uh, okay. We'll start with the classic. Then we'll go to the new. All right. Uh, yeah, hi. You learn the rules. Uh, it's all up to you. I can be a good guy. Or I can be one real mean son bitch. It's all up to you. You're gonna get used to wearing them chains after a while, Luke. But you never stop listening to them clinking. Because they're gonna remind you of what I've been saying. For your own good. Wish you'd stop being so good to me, Captain. Don't you ever talk that way to me. Never! What we've got here is failure to communicate. Some men you just can't reach. So you get what we had here last week, which is the way he wants it. Well, he gets it. I don't like it any more than you, man. Sharon, what are the boys doing? Oh, Sam and Kyle bought a new video game together. They can play guitar now? No, no, they're just little plastic controllers. You hit the colored buttons and it makes the guitar track on the gameplay. Oh. If they spent half the time learning a real instrument as they do playing that game, who knows what they could accomplish? Hey, yeah. Listen to that video crowd. They love it. So you boys like this music, huh? Yeah, dude. It's Guitar Hero. Damn it, how really good at it. Well, you kids want to see something really cool? Check this out. I can actually play a lot of these songs on a real guitar. You want me to teach you boys how? Uh, that's gay, Mr. Marsh. Yeah, that's stupid, Dad. But, but this is real. Real guitars are for old people. Do you mind, sir? We want to watch Dad and Kyle play. All right, let's try to score 60,000 points this time.
It's a whole cavalcade of people we thought were dead. Why? Hello. It's five minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and it's the month of November in the year of our Lord, 2007. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. Live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio, this, my friends, is the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. It is Friday, and uh, welcome to Day 12. Hi there. Howdy. Hello. We're here in uh, beautiful downtown Portland. What did Obama call it last night? Oregon. Oregon. I only watched a little bit of it. I don't think he used a Y, but it was like sort of an Oregon kind of a thing. Uh, and uh, blah, da, da, blah, da, da, blah. Hi. Uh, it's 503-733-2970 today. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. You want to be a part of our broadcast with your observations, your clarifications, your conventions, your two cents, your input, your corrections, your screeching, your screaming, whatever. Uh, Richie Bristol is uh, standing by ready to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, or the completely and totally virtuous. It is... Uh, Pardon me. I'm gonna have that thing again that I got that congestion going. You know the problem. You know who I blame for this? Your doctor for prescribing you crazy pills. See, you're gonna see. You're doing. You're blaming everything on drugs now, Sarah. You're blaming ev- blaming everything on my doctor. No, I blame meth addicts for this because of meth addicts, I can't get any Sudafed that actually works. So I got this. Can't just cross the border. I could go to Vancouver. I guess maybe I can do this weekend. No, this has nothing to do with my crazy pills. Leave my crazy pills alone. Um, now, I got like a sinus thing going on, and I think it's because I walked out to court and fat boy all the time, and court was, it's like court, it's like court's head was full of, uh, eggs benedict. Uh, and so I spend a lot of time breathing the same air as court and fat boy, in many ways. Um, and so now I got the sinus congestion thing going on, but of course, because everybody boils down the Sudafed to make methamphetamine, you go into the kitchen, and God bless if they stock that medicine cabinet, but it's just got that Sudafed PE now, which is the New York Times revealed does nothing. Thanks for that, bastards. All right, well, in any event, uh, anyways, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. You want to join us today? 503-733-2970. Uh, you can also email. It's uh, rick at 970.am, sarah at 970.am, tim at 970.am, or richie with a t at 970.am. I was going to make some observations just now, but it escaped me. I got nothing. Oh, Jack Klugman. I hope Richard gets Jack Klugman on the show, because he's going to be at Powell's Monday night for a book signing. Now, see, I don't think Jack Klugman, I didn't think he could talk anymore. I thought he had his, uh, I thought he was one of those, speaking of South Park, I thought he was one well, of those, hello, I'm very glad to see you. Oh, yeah. I thought he had to have the, the little speaky box thing. He probably does, but he's just signing books. What is the la- didn't we have some soundbite from Jack Klugman a couple years ago, and it terrified Sarah because she thought it was like some sort of robot creature? And it was Jack Klugman. Oh, apparently he does a podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> let's That's see what this is. All right, let's see what this is. Do we is. get to hear it? I don't know. Here oh, we go. Jack Klugman talks about Frank Sinatra and Don Rickles. I did a picture with Frank Sinatra called the detective. <laughs> and he told me a funny story. I'm going to eat your soul. Don hey. was seeing a beautiful girl. This is before he got married. Gorgeous girls. Smoking is great. So I went to Frank and he said, Look, I think I just have quit. dinner with yeah. this girl tonight. Why don't you come over and say hello? She'll be so impressed that I know you. So Frank said, Okay. Going to cut off your skin. So Don was having dinner with this girl and Frank came over and he said, How you doing, Don? And Don looked up at him and said, Not now, kid. Can't you see I'm busy? Jesus. Frank fell down laughing. <laughs> Don had that effect on you. There are pieces well, of my larynx coming out every time I talk. Like this. And by so he Jack lost Clutton's a vocal cord to cancer. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it still shows him smoking cigars, which is what he's doing. Oh, why, why, what's the point now? Why, why, why quit now? George Burns smoked cigars all of his life. Yeah. You lose a vocal cord, you might as well just... Uh, you might as well just dive in and drink deeply from the trough of life. All right, there you go. That's the Jack Plug. His new book is Tony and Me. All right. So he's going to be at Powell's when? 7.30 Monday night. Well, we could totally get him on the show. Sure. Richie Bristol. Please now to be getting the scary. Don't call. Don't tell him we called him scary. Please to be getting Jack Klugman. Uh, well, Jack Klugman is pretty great, by the way. Yeah. Um. It, it, here's why. A. Because he was in The Odd Couple, which is what everybody remembers. Years old. He's 85. He hung out with Frank Sinatra, and he was in many of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes. Um, oh yeah. He was in an episode called In Praise of Pip. He was in an episode called um, Death Ship. Death Ship. And God, what he was, was in a lot of them. Can you, was, do you want me to tell you? Yeah, please. A Passage for Trumpet. A Passage for Trumpet. That's the one I'm thinking of. And A Game of Pool. A Game of Pool, which also has Sebastian Cabot in it, by the way. Don't forget, um, he was Quincy, too. That's right. He was Quincy. M.D. Banged a lot of hot babes on that show. Uh, yeah, he, I think, is tied with Burgess Meredith for most appearances in a Twilight Zone episode. Two episodes of Love American Style. Of course. And The Love Boat, probably. Mm-hmm. Because everybody was on that. Really, there's very few things in this world that I know a lot about. I mean, I know a little about a lot of things. There's a, there's a few things I know a lot about, and one of them is the Twilight Zone. Uh, I know a staggering amount of stuff about the Twilight Zone. I'm not really bragging, because I don't really know anything else. But um, but the Twilight Zone and Led Zeppelin, those are really my two areas of expertise. So, yeah, Jack Klugman and Burgess Meredith did four episodes of each of that, I think, or five, something like that. Um, cool. Well, Richie, look into that. Jack Klugman, K-L-U-G-M-A-N. Going to be Powell's. And so this is a book about Tony Randall, uh-huh. about the about the odd couple. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Well, good for him. All right. Yeah, don't smoke, though. That's a bad... Unless you're George Burns. Yeah. Well, I mean... That's you know. I was just thinking about quitting today. I woke up this morning, and I'm like, I think I'm done smoking. But again, you it don't sound like Jack Clegg. I was just going to say, know. and you know, we, you know, we don't pass judgment on this program about anybody, what they choose to do. We've all got our vices and whatever. I just... The thing about it to me is not even it's not even smoking for some reason as much as it is chewing tobacco. Like I was looking through Rolling Stone or something the other day, some magazine blender maybe, and th- there was this you know an ad for like Skoll or Copenhagen or whatever some crap, and there's just like a big thing that this product causes mouth cancer, and I just wonder. Well, I, I'm just it, it's, it's pointless as you're talking about because you know what people are either going to do it or not. It, 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 it just I just don't understand that. It just it staggers the imagination. Let me put a big wad of crap in my mouth that repels women and makes my jaw Ugh. fall off. Sexy. Unless you're like putting it against like your gums and stuff. Exactly. Or it's, just, like, it's, it's like permeating in it, there. Especially since, now this may be an urban legend, but I think this is true. Especially because many chewing tobaccos have little bits of fiberglass in them. Because it then it gently abrades the side of your gum so that the tobacco absorbs. It's just wrong. Anyway, Jack Klugman. So we'll try to get him on Monday. That'd be, bad. That'd be badass. Way to lead up to the holidays. Uh, all right, it's 503-733-2970, 503-733-2970. Lots to get to today. Lisa, oh, wait, no, hold on. Let me check that off the list. Lisa Desjardins. No. Ugh. Hold on. How about Jim Roop? Oh, I'm sorry, no. Let me cross that off as well. Well, I mean, if they kept him up for like 24 hours to cover the debate, there has to be somebody talking about the debate. You'd think. Wait, let me check the list. I'm sure that CNN... I'm sure that the cable news network, the world's premier news gathering and dissemination source, as it's often called now, the Clinton News Network. <laughs> or and last night there was just a big thing that said CNN equals politics. So of course, because CNN equals politics, clearly they must have somebody talking about the presidential debate last night. No, 
No. No. Wait, hold on. Let me check about. Let me check into those two correspondents whom they flew to Las Vegas, <laughs> who they put up in hotels in Las Vegas. Get it all out now. What? The, seriously, for the love of sweet Jehoshaphat. I just. Uh, all right. Whatever. I just don't. I'm trying to decide whether to just yell about it or not. It just doesn't. I look. Well, I mean, there's nothing we can do about it. They like we've expressed like Laura knows that you know, we're disappointed. And you know, we love CNN. We love the people at CNN. Maybe I'm just not bright enough to get this. I don't understand why, and this is not me saying I don't understand just so I can bitch about it. I really don't understand why they would pay to send Lisa and Jim to Las Vegas, have them, they put them at the hotel, that they got, they, they were at the, the, the hall, they were at Cox Arena last night. And then immediately this morning, stick them on a plane, which is hermetically sealed, the, the effect of which is that they can't talk about it to anybody. They flew them to Las Vegas to see something that they are then not reporting on. Fine. Fine. That's it. I'm done. Well, we'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum. Hey, this amazing thing happened. Steve Kastenbaum is apparently going to be able to see this live production of SNL and 30 Rock. It's staggering how that happened. I'm stunned. Uh, so Steve Kastenbaum is going to be in New York City. Here's the greatest thing about Steve Kastenbaum, by the way. So Steve Kastenbaum is reporting on these live productions of 30 Rock and SNL that they're doing, which he was tipped to by Sarah. So here's what it says. This is the story about Steve Kastenbaum. Television audiences will have to do without some television shows since the writers went on strike. But CNN Steve Kastenbaum says a few lucky people will get to see the cast of SNL perform this weekend. I wonder if Steve Kastenbaum is one of those lucky people. He is one of those lucky yes, people. Yes, he is. Oh, speaking of stage stuff, this is the last weekend for Glengarry Glen Ross. Here? PSU, yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty great performance. You really ought to I see it. it. If you're a fan of Glengarry Glen Ross uh, at Lincoln Hall at PSU, they're doing that. That's where so. your show was. That's where Bigger Than Jesus was, yeah. Um, so they have a real set for Glengarry Glen Ross, though. They have a set that they have a set that was put together for more than $100. I mean, don't get me wrong. Our set was great. But, I mean, it really was like... Dorm furniture put together in Aaron's basement. Uh, all right, uh, what else? We will talk to Ed McCarthy today. Barry Bonds, uh, indicted. Yeah, more home runs than anybody, more indictments than anybody. So that guy's life just continues to get better. Uh, let's see. Uh, speaking of Aaron, Aaron the Geek and Aaron Geek in the City, Duran will be in today to review Beowulf 3D. Ow. I hurt my finger on the button. You just turned on a microphone. Ow, I really did. Yourself. Oh, that hurt. Well, we uh, should we should play um, another Aaron Geek in the City versus Fat Boy, which which is which. I like that idea. That is a funny contest. And here's why we should do that because we have four IMAX Beowulf gift packs, uh, including 3D glasses to give away. So I'm looking at that on the screen. We have four IMAX Beowulf gift packs uh, to give away later today. So we'll do uh, Who's That Geek. Uh, coming up later on today, our uh, our good friend Siegfried is going to stop in for a few minutes later on to uh, pimp the Grindhouse Film Festival, which is happening at the Hollywood Theater uh, as well. Aaron's bringing his top five. Um, let me see if I can get the name of this right. This is Aaron Duran's top five later on today. It is the longest top five ever. It is top five show tunes to which Aaron the Geek queens out to when no one is watching and sometimes dances around in his living room. I believe that is the full... I think I've said that correctly. Alias, longest top five title ever. Uh, all right, there we go. That and uh, all these people calling in and things and whatnot. Uh, Tim Riley's... Oh, a taser watch today. Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification. An Illinois man tries to open the door of his plane on the way to PDX after being cut off from being served alcohol. He's unsuccessful. 
Police serving a warrant for child porn in Salem find a filthy house with 24 poodles. Lindsay Lohan serves her 84 minutes in jail and is freed. <laughs> 2,000 posters have gone up all across Portland to help find Potato, the missing English bulldog. The governor issues an order making it tougher for illegal aliens to get driver's licenses, but not impossible. The only Democratic candidates who actually answered the questions last night were the ones who can't possibly win. That's true. And Brittany drives over another foot. Fantastic. Boy, Ron Kucinich is just a weird house elf-looking bastard. He, uh, and you know... That's what, what I was thinking. Yeah, he, he, and he, he, let me just say this. His right ear is freakishly huge. It's way bigger than his left ear. Next time you look who at Dennis Kucinich, you look at him, his, he has like a, a left ear that's sort of normal-sized. His right ear is like four times that size and a Vulcan ear. It's pointy. It's it's huge and pointy, and they all they both stick out. He's got ears that stick out like, I mean, they're like he has full on screaming bat ears. If it wasn't for the ears, he might have a fighting chance. Yeah, well, got you know, an ear job. Uh, my wife, who was uh, several beers down by the time the uh, the Democratic debate started last night, every time Dennis Kucinich would say something, my wife, while sitting on our sofa that we're trying to get rid of, would raise like devil horns and go, "F yeah." And and then just sort of slump back down. So he's got the drunken F yeah vote uh, from my wife. All right, we'll do these calls here in a second. Uh, we're joined today, as are we always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Have you posted that Amy Winehouse video on your blog? I have. It's ridiculous. And I have to say, oh, pissed. If you know you're what? talking about a donkey. Yes. I was so mad, I almost... There was I'd a donkey had, that needed suction. Yes, and I, I almost cried. I was so mad because I had a few drinks. But um, throughout, <laughs> they are known for their one song, for the song that I played yesterday. For the that song... You've got the nerve yeah, to the be rap. asking a favor. Okay. That's what the people want. They didn't That's play it? They did not play that goddamn song. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. And not only did they not play it, it was like the lead singer was medicated or something. Uh, um, Raul, I went with him and my other friend Kiki, and we all went to it, and he's just like, oh, it's a great live show. He puts on a great performance. Um, he was there just kind of like swaying back and forth, and I guess it was their new album, which was awful. And uh, they didn't play the rat. They came out for an encore, played two songs that nobody could have cared less about than left the stage, and everyone's still cheering, and they never came back out. And then I see, like, a bunch of, like, floozies going back in. Um, of course. Like, back into the backstage area, and I'm like, that's it. I was so furious. That's how you know when the show is over, when they start hurting the blonde yep. groupies backstage. So it wasn't just me. I could, like, the consensual. So they sounded was... bad. They didn't play their hit. And when we were leaving, um, some... Dude was at the front door giving out free Walkman posters, and I took one and ripped it. I was so mad. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but that sucks. That's it was, terrible. It was terrible. I have been looking forward to this. I, had, you know, I've been babbling about it. Like I told listeners to last go and night, see you it. were talking about it, yeah. <sighs> and so they didn't play that song. I was so mad, and I, I guess I still am. Jesus. And I saw um, the sales guy from upstairs who uh, wrote I can't. I can never remember his name. Big, the big tall guy? Big tall guy. Yeah, Corey. Yeah. Yeah, he was out there, and he was he was just as mad as me. Oh, that sucks. Why would they not play their one hit? Is there, Are they trying to defy expectations? I guess so. I was unimpressed, and... Um, it's like Nirvana went through that whole phase at the end when they wouldn't play Smells Like Teen Spirit. It's like you're not... Like, don't pretend like you're too good for your one song. I mean, Seriously. I know that you probably get tired of it, but, you know, that's how people are successful, because and that's because they just lost me. I'm never going to go see them again. Seriously. You know, uh, you know what? I was thinking about that when I would see Roger Klein last weekend. Um... Who, and again, both shows were really great, but Roger Klein, he has, um, they don't really have, the refreshments and, and the Peacemakers, they don't really have hits, you know, because they don't get played on the radio. Um, but they do have fan favorites, and there's a couple songs that there's got to be nights when he just doesn't feel like cranking them out. I mean, mm -hmm. you can never spot it, you can't ever tell, because he always plays it like it's great. 
You, 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 there, I know there is a night when he comes out and he's like, I just don't want to play this song tonight. But you know what? You can't, you can't see it on his face. He plays it. He sells it. Because he's a pro. Yeah. And it's like, and he knows that he knows that's what you've paid your 30 bucks to see or whatever, you know, among other things. So, well, that is unfortunate. It was, it was very unfortunate. I was very upset, you know, and, and Raul's like trying to talk to me. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm like, I absolutely not. I'm like, they are not famous enough to get tired of the one song that right. everybody loves. And nobody left that show happy. Everyone was just kind of filing out. All well, I was grumbling and, and, and anger. And what a dick move that is, too, to like, I'm not going to play the one song you all came to, because that presumes that, A, you're so big that it doesn't matter. I mean, like, it's one thing if you go to see God, who's a good example of this? Like, I know that Bob Dylan has has done that, where he just, like, you go to see Bob Dylan. He, he sings different renditions of his songs. And he might not play Blowing in the Wind, and everybody mm -hmm. has to be fine with that. But you know what? He's Bob Dylan, and he has this huge catalog, uh, you know, whatever. And it's not that way with some band that's just been around or that is just scraping by. You've got to... And, and plus, if you're lucky enough, in my opinion, to have people who come and want to... Look, i got to tell you this. I'm a guy who's written a whole bunch of songs that nobody really cares that much about. But if you are lucky enough... To somehow luck into something in your life where people are like, I'm going to show up because I'm willing to pay to hear you play that song. Mm -hmm. And you don't do it, then, like, you deserve to be eaten by jackals. Oh, and everyone, I mean, they're they're known for that song. Everybody loves that song. Um, I heard people were, like, yelling for it. Everyone stood there cheering for, like, ten minutes after they got off the Thinking, off like, the they'll come back and play their big exactly. hit. Exactly. And then oh. all of a sudden, you know what the cue is? House music. Oh, and the lights everyone's like, oh. Hello? What? What? Ah, oh, that sucks. And you know, and Willie Nelson said this great thing about he he said because he writes you know he's written just a ton of songs that everybody always wants to hear. You go to see Willie Nelson, everybody wants to hear "On the Road Again." Everybody wants to hear "Turn Out the Lights." Everybody wants to hear, uh, you know, "Me and Paul" or "Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain" or mm -hmm. "Crazy" or whatever. Um, he said this thing. He's like, you know, when you write a song, he's like, when you write a song and before you put it on the record, before you sing it in public, before you put it on iTunes. Be really sure that you can handle playing that song every night for the rest of your life. Because if it's a hit, that's what you're going to have to do. Yep. And you know what? This song is only three years old. They've been playing it for three years. Yeah. And they decide, oh, you know what? We're too good for it. Right. I will. I'm, I'm going on record now. I don't care if I get free VIP anything backstage pass. I will never see them again. Unless right. they're at some concert, like at some festival. Wait, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get so angry. No, that's fine. No, no, no. It's perfectly fine. I was fine. so upset. You yeah, know what? It's about time to put it into their career anyway. Let's. It's time exactly. for a greatest hits compilation and a breakup and a suicide. Uh, Three years ago. Yeah, that sucks. That really is terrible. So anyway, that was my night. All right. Well, I'm sorry about that. Uh, well, let's see. Let's find out what's going on with other people out there. Hello, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi. Hey, Rick, I got a question and then a request. What's up? The question is not for you. It's for Aaron Grant. Please to be telling, is uh, Beowulf on 3D going to be lame-tastic because it's in 3D, or is it going to be awesome because we get to see... Uh, Angelina Jolie in 3D. Uh, and I know what you mean, sir. Uh, he, Aaron will be in in the 2 o'clock hour today. He will be reviewing Beowulf 3D today. Also, we will be giving away four IMAX Beowulf gift packs today. Uh, also, and th including 3D glasses. Okay. Sarah, well, I can read sure your pack. Okay, uh, one more second. One more thing. Also... If you are an AM970 Glorious Bastard, uh, you are, uh, if not now, then soon. So if you're not, you want to sign up, like, now. I, I, I don't know if it's gone out today. but It, it, will be a, it went out. Okay, yeah, there's a, a little something that went out to the Glorious Bastards this morning about Beowulf that is pretty uh -huh. cool. So, uh, so if you're a Glorious Bastard, you saw that. All right, did you have something else, sir? I just have a request. Yes. Put me on hold so I can listen live. Yeah, we'll do that until we'll do that until the break, and then you got to podcast it like everybody else, my friend. Okay, bye. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 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 
Um, two things. When you have cancer of the larynx, you don't always have your vocal cords cut out. And Jack Klugman has his own vocal cords. He's not using a little box. Now, we heard that he has one vocal cord. Well, he probably one then, but they teach him how to re-talk. The other thing is I found two free 55-gallon uh, empty drums just in case any of your listeners need to bury something. <laughs> if we need to bury the lead singer for the walk um, Really, where are they? On Mount Scott Boulevard. Now, are they yours or are they just sitting there? They're just sitting there. If any of our listeners need to bury something. Well, you're always wondering where you get 55-gallon empty drums. I'm almost tempted to go get one of those and keep it in my basement just to freak people out. <laughs> what happened to the bodies that were in there? I was just going to say, and keep it right next to a bag of lye and a rake. Well, honestly, I didn't stop and check, and they could have something in them for all I know. Boy, that really is fascinating. All right, excellent. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Okay, that's really great and creepy. That's awesome that she thinks of you. <laughs> Do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about one uh, about what people... Not to make this all about us, but do you ever wonder, like, a 55-gallon drum that she thinks of us? You'll we'll hear that sometimes, that people will see, like, some weird meat product on sale at the at the Winco, and they'll think of us. I always wonder what kind of weird mental associations we have in people's heads. Uh, all right, before we break here, just a couple things. Um, now, I I hesitated to, to pick this up, so I let this, I, this stuff I hold in my hands, I let this sit there for a while before I brought it in here. Because I didn't want to be stealing anybody's uh, content. But there was a whole thing of prepared comedy that just showed up. We have this communal table back uh, down the hall from here. There's one printer that, like, the whole building uses. Did you steal somebody's... I let it sit there all day. It's been there for 36 hours. It's been there since yesterday morning. Okay. So there's this one communal printer back there that a whole bunch of people use. Like everybody. I mean, I, I'm upstairs and I use it. People down here use it. And it just spits stuff out all the time. Uh, and it's also right next to a fax machine that spits stuff out all the time, much of it unsolicited, because who really gets something faxed to them anymore? I mean, really. When Bring is the last... vacations to Disneyland. Exactly. When is the last time you're like, I need to have something, I need to fax something right away? Um, so this either came off the printer or the fax machine. I really don't know which. I will not name the service, but in radio there are these wacky prepared comedy services, because there's nothing funnier than someone else's wit. Um, and so this, and I asked everybody I saw, I'm like, hey, do you use wah, 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 wah service? And everybody's like, no, because we work with a bunch of really talented people. I mean, I even, I, I even went so far as to ask, I think I even went so far as to ask Big Jim about it. But of course, you know, no, because... It wasn't him? No, because he's funny. He doesn't, no, this, why? Um, and he's like, no. And so that I let it sit there for more than a day. Because I think it may be an unsolicited sample that came over the fax machine. That is the feeling I'm getting. That it was an unsolicited sampling that they just sent to us. And it did. It has all kinds of jokes. Um, it also has. It has all kinds of jokes. Let's see. It has um, a list of how to keep sane when you go home for the holidays. And plus, it has a today in music history. But of course, it's not called today in whatever anymore. It's called back in the day. Uh, and so we'll get to that later on. Sounds um, like something John Tesh would use. The, the best thing about this is all of the jokes are labeled like how like edgy they are. Like there's one that's labeled. There's a rating system. Yeah, there's one labeled NC17. There's one that's labeled careful, uh, and then there's ones that are labeled family friendly. Who wants to hear a family friendly one? Oh boy. I do. Okay, yeah, hold on. Not joke. 
No, let's see. Hold on. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, okay, here we go. Okay, I shouldn't. Okay, I actually. Okay, I actually sort of chuckled at this one, not because it's funny, but because it's terrible. This is, and so the deal is, you're supposed to. And we'll do this one joke and then we'll break. You're supposed to read this, of course, as though it's not coming off like a piece of paper that some guy sent to you. You're supposed to read this as though it's not a joke you're paying for. I guess as though it's coming out of your own witty DJ head. So, uh, you know, that Paris Hilton, she's always... That Paris Hilton's always in the news. And this week is uh, no exception, Tim and Sarah and everyone. You know, comments attributed to Paris Hilton about the plight of elephants getting drunk and uh, killing themselves in India. You know, those aren't real. Did we all hear those comments? <laughs> yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, that's phony. Uh, you know, that was obvious from the start. You know, if Paris, uh, if Paris cared so much about drunken elephants, you know, why isn't she doing anything to help Britney? <laughs> Time for you, Turd LeBurn, in the traffic. Ah. <laughs> uh, Jesus. All right, back after this with uh, Steve Kastenbaum. Don't go anywhere. That is just stupid. Uh, All right. Hi, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. I'm holding in my hand now the Beowulf gift pack. That's pretty sweet. Now, they're saying it's a Beowulf gift pack, but really I think what this is is a Beowulf press kit. Does it open? Can you open it? Yes, I can. Whoever whoever wins this is winning an opened Beowulf gift pack because I'm opening it now in the air. All right, this has the... The Those big, are kind of like your bike riding glasses. Totally, the big Terminator X glasses. Whoa. Oh, you look like a freak. You're all in 3D. I'm going to see. All right, there you go. Those are huge. Uh, we're going to be giving four Beowulf gift packs away. I keep saying packed like it's an agreement. Um, they don't really look like 3D. It's uh, weird. That is a huge... A shirt made for a fat man. <laughs> The, you know, whoever wears this shirt... That, Holy God, that's like a triple... This is, for a, this is for a 3D person, this shirt. This is... For a 3X person? Yeah, yes, this is for a Pixar character. Uh, it says, I experienced it in 3D. And then this uh, IMAX 3D DVD press kit. Really? This is a pretty lame Beowulf gift pack. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, the cool thing about it is you get these glasses, which, of course, can be reused at any IMAX 3... I'm not... Like plugging. This you sound just... like you are. No, I'm really no. But the... <laughs> out of, out of, of course, these can, can be reused at any future. For example, the upcoming so and so. I really and I don't know. All I know is that like when I remember going to the theater. We'll get Steve Castabom here in a second. I remember going to the theater and you get the little paper ones with the red and blue whatever. I think and I don't really know, but I'm thinking 3D has come a long way since then because these are like heavy duty. These are like solid permanent 3D glasses. The strange thing is one of those packs came without a pair of glasses. Is that true? Oh, I'm sorry. Is that true? I didn't <laughs> notice that. Yes, I'll give it you is this. Uh, you can just do whatever you want with this. So I'm gonna put this all back in the bag. Okay. But I guess that I guess that is the cool thing about this that you could take these to other like IMAX theaters. Is it or just whatever. IMAX or can you take it to all 3D things? I don't know. I don't know how the th- I don't know if they all use the same 3D process because there's another one that James Cameron's working on that that 3D process of his. So I don't know. But I guess if you don't, I guess the deal is if you don't win this gift pack and you go to see Beowulf, then you either buy or maybe rent glasses there or something. I don't even know how it works. Aaron will tell us because he went to see it. He saw Beowulf. So there you go. All oh, right. okay. All right, you can just do uh, it. There you go. Knock yourself out. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, CNN Radio correspondent and man about town, Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. Hey, how's what, it going? What's up, brother? How's life in the big city? Boy, you know, we, we got a little bit of a, a firestorm going here with that Saturday Night Live performance tomorrow night. 
uh, can't seem to get a callback from anybody in connection with it. Now, when you say anybody, you mean anybody in the... In the here's what's happening. So this, we were talking about this yesterday. Sarah saw this thing in the post. She told you about, and I know you filed a report on it, which we played, which was great, that some of the SNL folks and the 30 Rock folks are going to be doing live stage performances of the shows during the writer's strike. Right. So it turns out that this is a very small theater, and this group... Uh, the uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade is a comedy group that Amy Poehler belongs to. And on the weekends that Saturday Night Live wasn't live on NBC, she was down at this theater doing sketch comedy. So this weekend was one of those weekends where she would have been there normally. So instead, the entire cast of Saturday Night Live is going down there. They're going to perform old Saturday Night Live skits. And uh, the ticket proceeds are going to benefit the Writers Guild Union for their strike. Well, somebody leaked word of this to the New York Post because it was supposed to be a hush-hush sort of thing. And now this really small theater is overwhelmed with calls from guys like me in the media. And they haven't been returning any phone calls or emails because they're just not prepared to handle the media inside their theater for this. Well, they had to know that was going to happen. That was probably, don't you think, this was probably the intention? I'm not sure. It, it really depends on who leaked it to the press, you know? I mean, it seems like this is... Let, let me put it this way. If, if they rent out a big hall and they do SNL sketches, you know, from the past for the, for the people and whatnot, that gets a certain amount of press. If they have a tiny hall and word leaks and they are besieged with people who want to get in but can't, that makes a much bigger story. Agreed. Agreed. So tomorrow night... You know, I'm I'm thinking that that myself and some other CNN uh, crew members will will be down there just hanging out outside the theater and seeing what what we can get. I guess this quashes our plan to ask you to get Sarah's sister into the taping then or into the performance then. That was going to be my next, that was our next step, but I guess that's not going to happen then. So what is the capacity of this theater? I'm not 100% sure. It might be just a few dozen or a few hundred seats. It's it's small. It's it's not anywhere near the theater district. It's uh, sort of in an area that uh, used to be mostly warehouses and manufacturing, but now it's been going through some changes and it's starting to you know find some some new residential buildings, that sort of thing. So uh, it's definitely not a big space. Is this going to end up on on? Is are they going to tape this? Is it going to end up on YouTube or something? I was I was just going to say, you know, somebody's going to go in there, tape the whole thing on their little ultra small camera and without anybody seeing and then it's going to wind up on YouTube and they're going to ruin it for, for guys like me. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the little laugh is great. It sounds like you're laissez-faire about the whole thing. Well, that's what happens now. You know, I mean, we've come to accept it at CNN. In fact, we count on those sort of things now. We have the iReports on CNN.com where we encourage people to go out and, and become citizen journalists and tape these sort of things. But <laughs> They're taking my job away. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, speaking of the Internet, just as a brief interlude between these two stories, before we get to this hideous story about the sutures, um, have you gone to my uh, website today? No, I have not. Okay. Uh, I would encourage you when you get a chance. In fact, are you at a computer now? Yes, I am. Please now to be going to rickemerson.com. Okay. Uh, now, this is, this is to pay you back for the Afro Ninja uh, thing that you sent us. Okay. There's a little animated GIF uh, on my website right in the middle. Right. That a guy said, guy named. Oh. That's what I'm talking about. Oh. Oh. Did he just, like, crack his skull or something? What, what falls off his head? I think oh, he's, the yarmulke. He's got a yarmulke or a hat or something. It does look like a yarmulke, though. Um, it's not the yarmulke. Oh. He must have broken every tooth in the front of his mouth and his nose. <laughs> Oof. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> So, a guy named Stone saw the Afro Ninja thing. He's like, dude, you have to see this. 
And so he passed this along. And it looks like he's at some sort of low-grade American Idol type thing, like a talent show somewhere. He really is. Oh, my God. That's so, that's so hard to watch. You know, it's really funny because, you know, I'm Jewish, so the, the whole point of the yarmulke is, is sort of to remind you to be to be humble, that there's a greater thing uh, existent above you, you know, over your head, you know, that sort of thing. There's something uh -huh. greater, higher, a higher being than you. Boy, he must be really humble after this appeared on yes. the Internet. Maybe you should have reminded him of gravity. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't watch it anymore. I, I, I actually almost, when you, when you post a picture or something on Blogger, it actually gives you the option of posting the picture small, medium, or large. And I initially posted it large, but it was just too painful with, like, the big close-up. <laughs> I mean, you can. I mean, I, I can. I can just. I can hear the teeth leaving the jaw just when I watch totally. this. Totally. He didn't even put his hands out in front of him to break the fall. And, oh. and really, uh, just before we move on, I do have to. I'm watching it right now, and it's hypnotic. I have to say, this is, by the way, people can go to, people can go to rickemerson.com and see this. It's called Sons of Afro Ninja. Uh, uh, rickemerson.com. The great thing about this is, unlike the Afro Ninja guy, who, you know, clearly had some experience and thought it out. And and had sort of done it successfully in the past. You can tell that this guy. I don't know. First of all, I don't know what he's trying to do here. And second, I don't know either. Yeah. And if he's trying to do a flip, the funny thing is that he has zero clearance. Like at no point would he ever be able to do this successfully. I can't tell if he just slipped or he was intentionally trying. What is he? Oh yeah, he was totally trying to do a flip. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know what he was thinking. And then, and then the judges. One of the judges actually she buries her face in her arms because she can't see it anymore. Oh my god! All right, I gotta close that, or it's just gonna freak me out. All right. Yeah. Um, and then finally, because I always like to end on the worst note possible, um, please now to tell me about. I can't believe I'm reading this. A video that shows a dermatologist. And this is, I guess, he's in charge with endangering a bunch of patients, reusing sutures from one patient on another patient. This is my favorite story of the week. So, <laughs> so this uh, doctor uh, from uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, was under investigation for fraud. So what does the guy do? He brings in a videotape of himself performing a procedure to prove that he wasn't fraudulent, that he wasn't billing uh, the system for something that he didn't do. And these investigators were looking at it, watching it, and they were they were saying to themselves, you know. Those those threads that he's using, the silk thread for the sutures, they look awfully short, really unusually short. And they, they start doing some more investigating, and they come to the conclusion that Dr. Stokes is reusing sutures from previous uh, procedures. Oh, oh, oh. That's so <laughs> that wrong. is disgusting. That's so wrong. I mean, that's so wrong. That, I mean, like for what? How much can thread possibly cost? I mean, for what possible reason? Well, maybe he was trying to be green. <laughs> no, I think something's going to be green, and it's the skin of the patients. <laughs> 5,000 patients are, now have to go get checked out to see if they're at risk, because he may have also reused some implements without properly oh. sterilizing them. So oh. this, this good doctor, the good dermatologist, allegedly, we must say allegedly, uh, put these people at risk of contracting all sorts of blood-borne illnesses, HIV, hepatitis, well, you name it. And, 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 you know, where he's just cleaning that rib spreader by wiping it on his pants or something. <laughs> sort of like sort of like surgery in the Civil War. Exactly. Yeah, I need you to bite down on this rag, please. Um, I don't understand where he got the idea to reuse sutures. I mean, how much could thread, silk thread, actually cost, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it really, yeah, and it's not like there's like a, like a short supply of string in the world. I mean, we've, you know, those... 
Uh, oh, by the way, this uh, somebody's clever. This is Fox's summertime dance show equivalent to American Idol called So You Think You Can Dance. Uh, if this man was able to dance before, he is almost certainly not able to do anything now. He also has a drastically different looking nose right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you think you need plastic surgery. <laughs> Jesus. All right, my friend. Uh, enjoy your weekend. It is always a pleasure to speak with you. Good luck with the uh, the SNL thing, by the way. We'll be curious to see how that works. Yeah, we'll see if I can get in or not. I'll let you know how it goes. I'm sure it is now going to be a madhouse outside this theater. All right. Thank you, sir. Have a good weekend. Take care. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen, in New York City. Fantastic. I gotta go back and watch that video one more time. Hold on. That video is painful to is watch. Is it fantastic, Tim? Did you see this? I have, yeah. How great is that? It's excellent. Oh man, and it's you. And again, I almost posted it in the large, but it was no. just too hard to watch. No, no, it was, no, no. It was so difficult. It's hard to watch. <laughs> and he, man, he just eats it. He just, if you, if you don't know, what we're talking about go to uh, RickEmerson.com. Um, it is uh, the most recent blog posting. We're on a real hot streak lately with things we found on the internet. The post. Mm-hmm. This guy. He's okay, so I gotta watch it from the beginning. So he's doing some dance. I think he might have been going down to do whatever, like, like the, the, the earthworm thing. or whatever that break dancing thing is, the centipede or you know, the, the, where you the the worm I think it's called, where you kind of do uh, you lay down flat and your body kind of you do a wave with your body. But he, I'm thinking maybe the floor was more slippery than he thought, and his feet just go out from underneath him, and he just the face right into the ground. The yarmulke comes right off. The yarmulke just flies across the stage, and his whole body just kind of goes limp. And then they cut to the judges who, I mean, and it cuts away. It cuts away right as his feet are still kind of just up in the air. And they cut to the judges who are actually physically pulling back and covering their heads with their hands. It's so horrific. And, of course, it's now on the Internet for us to mock. Excellent. All right. Thank you, uh, Stone, for sending that to us. Thank you, sir. All right. Who wants to hear another prepared joke? Oh, please. Here's uh, some more prepared. Wait, Not me... one of the NC-17, though. No. Are I... there any turkey-basting jokes? Probably. Uh, but the, the, the turkey-basting joke will have to involve Melissa Etheridge. Uh, that's... I know how to write bad comedy. If you look at me, I know how to write terrible jokes. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Um... <laughs> Um, all right. Let's see here. Um, mm, mm. Okay, here we go. Here's another prepared uh, bit of humor from this uh, this wacky pile of comedy that came over the fax machine the other day. Um, North Carolina police have charged a man w- uh, with murdering a man. <laughs> this is terrible writing, too. Not only is it not North funny, I, I know, but I mean, not not only is it not only is it terrible comedy, the writing is bad. And I know that I'm no look, I, I, you know, not like I'm a George Bernard Shaw or anything, but you don't you you don't reuse the same word twice in five words unless that's part of the humor. North Carolina police have charged a man with murdering a man who wouldn't give him a cigarette. I'm sorry, I should be doing this in character. Hey, uh, so, uh, have you seen uh, this uh, thing in North Carolina? Have you seen this thing in North Carolina? North Carolina police have uh, charged a man with murdering a man who wouldn't give him a cigarette. But in the man's defense, that's three times they use the word man. But in the man's defense, who among us wouldn't kill to look so damn cool? Uh, what? What? That's a joke. 
See, you can tell because at the top of the page, look, it says jokes in huge letters. <laughs> jokes. It says <laughs> it says jokes in big, big type at the top. Wait, you should I'll give get... a, a piece of paper. Since there are three of them, you should give one to each of us. All right. Uh, careful of the one that says careful. And then I'll uh, I'll kill time by doing one more. Aaron Thank Stan. you. All right. Oh boy, jokes for me. Hold on, I'm gonna do one more here. This one says careful. Hey, uh, hey, what's the name of the most popular uh, kids show in Vietnam? Hey, uh, what's the name of the most popular kids show in Vietnam? I don't know. What? Hanoi, Montana. <laughs> oh my God. I'm not laughing at the joke. I swear, it's just. Someone is paid to do... Okay, look at the hey. bottom. Page 49 of how many? Oh, my God. 57. 57, 57 pages 57 jokes in one day. 57 pages. All rights are reserved, though. Yes, don't... Uh, yes, don't do that. All right. Yeah, don't, don't steal their jokes. Don't steal these jokes. I think it's a free sample that they sent us, thinking that we would look at this and go, I have to use this now. All right. Hey, I have a good one. Okay. I wish I... I don't... I, I wish I would do my cricket sound went. Hold on. Give me just one second. Give me just one moment to see if I can find the crickets on that Scotty hid somewhere. Hold on. Scotty would hide the crickets. Well, he I, I don't know why he would do that, and I don't know where they would have gone to. This is really the time. I mean, if not now, when? If not me, who? This really is when you need the cricket sounder. Sarah, do you have crickets? No, I don't have crickets. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds weird. <laughs> I was tested yesterday. Do you have the crickets? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I got nothing. All right. Well, whatever. Uh, they're around somewhere. What do you mean I'm going to need crickets? This is a fabulous joke. I'm sorry. I, what was I thinking? Go ahead. Well, Ryan Felipe says he's ready to kill himself with he and uh, when he and Reese Witherspoon divorced. Really? Yeah. But then he realized there were other girls out there, younger girls, not nearly as successful of him uh, as him and with no stretch marks. You can't read the prepared comedy correctly. <laughs> he's okay now. See, if anyone ever thought that we were scripted, that's why. Oh, younger girls, not nearly as successful as him and with no stretch marks. This is just so badly written. He's that's okay now. Maybe there's a class with this at Mount Hood Community College. It's not even that the jokes... I mean, I'm looking at these and I guess some of these pass for amusing. It's just that A, they're... These are Timmy Ryan jokes. But see, here's the thing. No, I... Now, to be fair, and I mean this with the all... One... I mean this with all the respect in the world, that when I looked at some of these, I thought, okay, I could hear some of these coming out of the 70 seconds of your life you'll never get back. But A, some of this material is like his, but A, he's a better writer than this. His sentences have a little snap to them. B, it's the delivery. And C, you know... Whatever one may think of Timmy Ryan, and there are people who love him, and there are people who really dislike him, he writes, and the things that he says come out of his own head. Imagine paying for this material. Imagine, like, if someone paid to have these jokes sent to them. This is, but this one I'm reading is so Timmy Ryan. Like Can this, you say it? Is it safer? Is, or is it AC-17? Yeah. No, it's safer. All right, okay. Wait, hold on. I wish that I could do a Timmy Ryan voice. Could you do a Timmy I'm Ryan voice? I'm Timmy Ryan! I'm Timmy Ryan! Hold on. Should I read right, it as Timmy I'm, Ryan, or do you want to? Okay, you do it. No, it would be wrong for me. Okay, to I'll do, you it. do it. All right. Pamela Anderson says she's going to prepare a vegetarian Thanksgiving meal for the homeless in Las Vegas because she wants to introduce them to a healthier lifestyle. Because if there's one person who knows about living a healthy lifestyle, it's a surgically enhanced chick with hepatitis who stays up all night doing coke and will have sex with anything that moves. Okay, that was funny. <laughs> at the end. Was it accurate, right. Tim? No, it's it's pretty great. <laughs> Excellent. It's 503-733. You know we love I do. No, I really do. 
I really honestly do. But you know what? You know what I want to do is I want to tell him that there's money waiting for him out there. <laughs> he could totally write that is that sentence is something that he would have written. He could crank out 57 pages of this every day. I have yeah. no doubt about that. He doesn't sleep. All right. Back after this. It's a Rick Emerson radio program. Stay there. Emerson Radio Program. How are those nuts treating you, Sarah? They're really good. Did you want some? Are they salty? They're very salty, actually. Why don't you put those... Would you like to try my salty nuts? Just hand me the sack. Okay, there you go. Oh! No! Mm. Give me too many of them. I'm hungry. Okay. You know, here's the thing I don't understand about... This sack full of nuts. Tim, maybe you can answer this question. All right. I'll give it my best shot. Mr. Peanut wears a monocle. Right? Yeah. What is the purpose of a monocle? That's in place of eyeglasses. Why would you not just wear eyeglasses? Maybe he only has one bad eye. I, well, okay. But, I mean, wouldn't it make more sense to have a full pair of glasses and have the other lens just be glass? Like, a monocle looks... First of all... Do we, do, did people ever really wear monocles? Maybe they only had one bad eye. Hello, welcome to 10 seconds ago. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I got distracted. Are you on delay over there? Yes. That's um, true. Well, I'm hung. I'm starving and you took my nuts. Get more of those nuts into your mouth right now, Sarah. Um, no, my thing about the monocle is, okay, you only have one bad eye. Why wouldn't you just put regular glass, because clearly the technology existed to make glass, you know, one corrective lens, one, you know, vanity lens, uh, and then you wear glasses. Because the thing about the monocle is, how I don't even know how do you keep that there. How do you keep the monocle on your eye? You can kind of wedge it in there. But I that, think you get... Don't you have to be squinting all the time? Like, don't you have to be constantly crunching down? Like, you have to... Sarah is, okay, Sarah is simulating the use of a monocle by shoving a bottle cap against her eye. Yeah, they just, yeah, they're always kind of squinchy, and then it goes... Well, let's do it. Okay, do it right now. Make, make it work. Smarty. There we go. <laughs> okay, Tim... You. That looks exactly as it Sarah should. has shoved a bottle cap against her right eye and is now squinching. It doesn't seem like a lot of work to hold the monocle there, and if you need it you all... You know, monocles the... are very dapper looking, though. I suppose. I guess it's like a pocket watch, where I suppose it looks cool, but it seems like a lot of work. All right. I've seen Nazis wearing them in, in movies before. Maybe that's what it's there for. It's, it's there to look dapper and menacing. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley with more of your uh, news. There's very little information about monocles available for some reason. If you went to, like, lens crackers and ask for a monocle... I'm going to do that when I go to my... Um, I'm sorry. I'm talking <laughs> with a mouthful of nuts. Hold on. Ah. All right. Yeah, that's Rick chewing, not me, by the way. When I go to get my, uh, me. When I go to get my, uh, uh, my eyeglasses updated mm-hmm. at my insurance company, who I will not name, uh, except to say that... I barely knew her. Uh, ...who are uh, tedious and often incompetent... Um, I'm going to ask them to uh, to give me a monocle as punishment. As punishment for their ineptitude, I'm going to pun- I'm going to add them. I demand a monocle in addition to my regular in addition to my regular prescription update. Because my prescription is now it's now just old enough um that I'm sorry, now I got like nut residue in my mouth. Hold on. My prescription is just old enough that I find myself unconsciously like I'll notice every now and again that my eyes are squinting. And I, I've had to start to squint ever so slightly to make things come into sharp focus on the television, um, which is how I judge everything. So 
All right. Here's Tim Riley. Well, soldiers trained for six years of war are deserting their posts at the highest rate since 1980. Uh, apparently, let's see here. Wow. In the past year, there's been an 80% increase since the United States invaded Iraq in 2003. Um, and these Those are guys who are, going, who, are, who are going AWOL or whatever? Yeah. According to the Army, about uh, nine of every 1,000 soldiers uh, deserted in the fiscal year 2007. And part of the problem is, and I heard this this morning, they're, they're giving these guys discharges when they, they figure that they're going crazy from being there, so right. they don't have to pay their VA benefits. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And there have been like 28,000 discharges for mental problems. Right. Like battle fatigue and things like that. And they give these discharges so that they don't have to pay their VA benefits to get the, you know, to get them help. That was that... 28,000 of these guys have been discharged. So what is the, um, so how does that work? That if, if what if, happens is the, the, the doctors who serve the VA or the Army give them these discharges so they like don't have to Like a Section 8 or something that you always yeah. reference on MASH, like you've gone nutty. Right. And so is the deal that if you get discharged for being crazy, that they don't have to give you as many benefits or benefits at all? Correct. In some cases? Correct. That's why they gladly give them. Oh, God, this, the whole thing just infuriates me. It really does. Um, and, and it's stuff that nobody's talking about, but, yeah, it, it's going on quite well, a bit. Well, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. It would be wrong of me to say anymore. Um, I mean, they, they're leaving these guys over there forever. It's a hell of a place to spend one day anyway. Jesus. And, and I didn't come up with this. George Carlin made this observation, uh, which is very true, that as time goes on, we have... Uh, I mean, look, I've never been in combat, obviously. I mean, I've, you know, uh, a lot of the people here on the show, and a lot of us you know, have family members that have been in the military and whatever, but I, I've never been there, so it would be wrong of me to say that I had, like, first-in experience. But obviously, it is, like, the world's biggest understatement to say that, like, being in combat... Is terrible. It sucks and is traumatic and and scarring mentally and physically and both sometimes. But Carlin made this great observation that as time has gone on, we have created more and more uh, just sort of toothless euphemisms to make ourselves sort of feel better about the fact that we're going and subjecting all of these uh, men and women in the military to this. Because you know, the back greatest in... weapon systems of the world, but it's not helping people's vehicles being blown out from. Well, there's a guy on the Dennis Miller show today. Some kid who called up, sort of like you know, some you know, run-of-the-mill American guy who was over there, uh, you know, and come. He's just wasn't even in combat. He's just driving down the road in Iraq, and one of those roadside IED thing goes off. Yeah. Go and a shrapnel goes through the floor of his Humvee. Right. I mean, that's how powerful this stuff is. It goes through the floor of the Humvee and then right through his foot. I mean, it nearly severs his foot at the ankle, which is not like the world's worst injury, I suppose. But, I mean, you know, you wouldn't want it to happen to you. Uh, and you wouldn't want it to happen to your kid or anybody you cared about. Anyway, but, you know, in the early 20th century, they called this shell shock. Right. You know, which was, you know, shell shock is a kind of a frightening sounding ailment. I mean, it, it, you know, because you, 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 these guys are just traumatized. And then it wasn't shell shock. Then it was... God, then it was something else. Then it was like battle fatigue. Mm-hmm. And and then it was, but now it's post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. So so the these doctors in the service are having these guys dismissed so that the VA will not cover any benefits. So they're, they're just being unleashed back home and nobody's looking after them. No, and yeah. All right. And I, and I have... Um, yeah. Well, we have. Let's put it this way. We have. Uh, um. Uh, we. I know we have listeners and people associated with the program. Uh. You know who deal with these guys. Mm-hmm. Um. You know who who get who come over here and just have a. 
I'm not going to go on about because I don't want to be a big Johnny Buzzkill today. But just who come up and just have all kinds of problems. Yeah. I mean, and you do, and you don't see this is the, I swear this is the last thing I'll, I'll say about this, and then we're going to move on. But you know, you don't see coffins anymore. You don't see, uh, uh, you know, you don't see see interviews with like, hey, what happened to you? Well, hey, I have a huge traumatic brain injury from you know the Iraq War. Uh, you know, you just don't see, and and it, leaving aside the issue of whether you even think the war is a good idea or not. I mean, it, it would do as well as a nation, I think, to have a pretty clear-eyed realization and knowledge of what's happening. Right. And you just have uh, just tons of guys and women coming back who are just d- d- injured psychologically or physically or both, and you just don't hear about it. And I'm not saying the VA is necessarily bad because the VA is filled with, you know, the VA is just people. But, of course, it's, it's, it is always as it is. It is always the man, the upper echelons, who just turn off the funding. The VA is perennially underfunded. The VA is constantly shortchanged. The VA never gets the money or equipment they need. And so, as a result, even the guys who do get help at the VA often can't get the help that they need to have because there's just not enough funding for it. So, anyway, anyway, end of, end of rant. Jesus, the whole thing just makes me furious. Well, let's talk about the Spice Girls. Can't we have another joke? Well, all right. I have some left over here. This one says, careful. Let's skip that one. We uh, have to space those out throughout the program. And I'm out of nuts over here, so I can't, I can't do any more nut jokes. Do you want some more nuts? No, I'm all full of nuts How about right a Michael now. Jordan joke? How about it? Well, Ooh. Michael Jordan will pay his wife $168 million to divorce her. Now, say it with me, married guys. Worth it. Can you say that one again? Michael Jordan will pay his wife $168 million to divorce her. Say it with me, married guys. Worth it. I'm running out of jokes, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Excellent. That's fantastic. Good. Save that. Can you download that cricket sound? Did you? I will. All right. Can you put that in the V drive? That would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, well done, Tim Riley. Thank you. All right, here's uh, more news. And- well, along with scantily clad supermodels, the Spice Girls showed up on stage at the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show last night at the Kodak Theater in Los Angeles. It was a sneak peek of the eagerly anticipated global reunion tour that begins December 2nd in Vancouver. The British girl group sang their hit Stop in their new single, Headlines. The group's latest CD, Spice Girls' Greatest Hits, is being sold only at the lingerie chain. This is kind of like a Starbucks type of thing. A fashion show will be broadcast December 4th on CBS. William Adams of the Black Eyed Peas was a last-minute stand-in at the show for hip-hop star Kanye West, whose mother died earlier this week. Didn't she? Did you see that that, yeah. nut, that nutty story about that plastic surgeon uh-huh. who uh, allegedly uh, contributed to her demise? Yeah. That he wasn't even board-certified in plastic surgery. No. I, I don't know. Well, everybody's got their act in L.A. <laughs> He's like a podiatrist or something. Yeah. He's, maybe that's what it was. Maybe he was just doing method acting. I only, gonna, I only play one in Beverly Hills. I'm going to be playing a plastic surgery, <laughs> plastic surgeon later on, so I better go. I better go act that way for about a year. And I guess that he'd been accused of like well, he's not going to get a role like that. No, I don't believe so. He'll be. He's wait, Sarah Crickets. Can you do that story again about the, the Kanye West? We just had lived that whole story. Well, I know, but just do the, the the last couple sentences about how William from the Black Eyed Peas is doing the William end. Adams of the Black Eyed Peas was a last-minute stand-in for the show for hip-hop star Kanye West, whose mother died earlier this week. Yeah, boy. Hey, I don't even know what we're doing now. Hey, you know that doctor who uh, operated on Kanye West's mother and yes. uh, allegedly contributed to her demise. You know, he wasn't even a board-certified physician, Tim you, Riley. You're kidding me. Well, how do you know that? Well, he wasn't board-certified in plastic surgery. It's Hollywood. Maybe he was just a... Uh, 
Maybe he was just a method actor. Maybe he was just uh, he had an upcoming role as a plastic surgeon, and he was uh, doing a little method acting for it. What do you think about that, Tim Riley? Why, that's wonderful. Well, you know, his his next role will be in Prison Break. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. All right. I'm sorry. That was a long way to go to this stupid cricket thing. I apologize. I, I sent you the crickets. Like I don't have access to the V-Drive. I should be killed. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Well, Disneyland workers are recently forced to close the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction after a riot security camera cut a woman apparently dumping human remains. Oh, and what may be a growing trend. Yeah, did she have a 55-gallon drum with it's her? A, it's a growing trend. Wonderful. Workers at the Anaheim theme park spotted the woman sprinkling an unidentified substance into the water at the Pirates' ride. Uh, Anaheim police recalled... The woman told Disneyland Park workers that the substance she dumped was baby powder. Uh-huh. Other officials are investigating the possibility she sprinkled human ashes. Jesus. Some Disney watchers say park goers tell them that people smuggling in cremation remains of their loved ones and then sprinkling the ashes on rides has been going on for quite some time. They said it started at the Haunted Mansion, but now the Pirates of the Caribbean ride is growing in popularity. Uh, let's see here. Al Lutz, who runs uh, MiceAge.com. Said it is not unusual for people to scatter a loved one's remains at the happiest place on earth. <laughs> Disney officials say they're unaware of any confirmed ash scattering incidents at the park and don't believe it to be a problem. It's just a growing trend. Jesus. I mean, that's actually, I don't know how I feel about it. It's actually kind of cool in a weird way here on KCFD Portland. It's actually kind of weird and cool that, I mean, not that I would want to be dumped at the Pirates of the Caribbean, right, or something, but I mean, what are they going to do? But you can't really, I mean, you can't search for ash when they come in. Mm-hmm. And I mean, who? how would they, I mean, not like they're ever going to find it anyway. That whole place is just pitch dark when you go through the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. And I'm not a big Disneyland fan, but the Pirates of the Caribbean ride is still really cool. Uh, when's the last time anybody here went to Pirates of the Caribbean? Ooh, ten years ago. Sarah? Eighth grade. Yeah, see, I went through, a uh, really? Eighth grade. Oh, see, and I went through. Well, they completely changed it, didn't they? After the movie. No, remember, we had this as a news story like five years ago where uh, the women with the big breasts and oh, everything. Oh, and the bosoms have been covered. Yeah, they completely and... like redid the entire thing. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm glad I saw it before that then. Oh, yeah, because it was like a winch. She was like tied to a pole or something. Um, yeah, I saw it before that. I mean, it was still kind of cool. The great and creepy thing about the Pirates of the Caribbean ride still is you when you go into um you go out into that big open space where the two ships are firing cannons at each other and it's kind of cool because the, the you know the the roof the ceiling of that place is so high and has like a, the night sky painted on the ceiling and it is really cool because if you don't look at it too closely it is completely convincing the imagineers have done a really great job there where that that ceiling does look like an open sky it's sort of a much better version of that sky that the ceiling inside Caesar's palace all right. Uh, here's uh, Tim Riley. A man wearing a ski mask used a stapler to hold up a Kentucky ice cream store and briefly got away with $175. Stapler? I barely knew her. Gerald Rachi was arrested shortly after he flashed a chrome-plated stapler at an employee at the ice cream shop. Uh, let's see. The uh, the police department didn't know if Rachi planned to shoot staples at the store's employees or use it as a blunt instrument if he didn't get the cash. It uh, it didn't come to that because the employee just handed over the cash. Several witnesses say Rachi uh, left the shop and told police uh, the direction that he was heading. They searched his house and found money and the stapler and the ski mask. The stapler's chrome finish could have looked like a gun if you didn't look at it. Oh, right. so it wasn't even a staple gun. It was just a regular, just, uh, like a desk stapler. Yes. Well, that's just dumb. That is dumb, isn't it? All right. 
Well, okay, there you go. Uh, all right, let me... Uh... Who heard that? No one. Nobody. All right. Uh, we're going to hold on for a second while I get myself a cup of coffee. Okay, that's funny. Um, I usually have some back here, but yeah, I'm Yeah, there's none. I'll have to get it during the break. All right, it's 5 0. Let's go to Justin. Uh, Justin, Justin, you lose. Justin loses. Um, all right, before we do anything else, we'll resume the news here in a moment, and then we have uh, Ed McCarthy. Uh, let's see. Let's uh, Richie Bristol, would ye please come to the studio now? And bring a creamer. Uh, bring some creamer. And get me a turkey pot pie. Uh, let's do one more while we're waiting for Richie Bristol to get some creamer and come to the studio. All righty then. The British military communication satellite Skynet 5B launched successfully. Skynet? Yes. Skynet 5B has launched successfully from the French Guiana. The spacecraft will uh, complete the UK Armed Forces' planned new generation of orbital communications coverage. Skynet 5B was supposed to launch today, but technical uh, hitches affected the Arian 5 rocket. Skynet? Yeah. Problems overcome, the boosters successfully sent both the Skynet spacecraft and Brazilian telecom platforms into orbit. Uh, let's see here. So they set a new record with this, uh, with this payload. The launch of the Skynet 5B... Skynet? Yes. Clearly reflects, okay. uh, the space company's strategic role in guaranteeing inter- independent access to European governments. Skynet... Oh. 5A... Skynet? 5A oh, is the European launcher's 28th military payload. Skynet 5C... Will not increase the coverage area of the <laughs> Skynet waiting 5B. waiting for me to do it there? <laughs> yes. Skynet... The, who knows Who knows why I keep saying Skynet? Sarah? I have no idea, but it's getting very great. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not, Tim. I know, but I'm not going to say it. Okay, Skynet is the... I'm sorry. i got to stop. Someone call up. I can't even I can't even wrap my brain around the fact that the... Who is this? The UK? Yes. Have just launched something called Skynet? Skynet, What yes. does it do? It's a satellite. But, I mean, what does it do? Before... It fires on people. Okay, someone now please call up and explain to everyone who doesn't know why I am agog at the creation and launching of something called Skynet. Please now to be calling 503-733-2970. We'll just take somebody, uh, we'll just take somebody... Uh, Did you want to call Richie? Because I have a Randomly. Sender. Really? I don't think Richie heard us the first time. Richie, we could summon him with, um, do we have a... What cologne are you going to go with? London gentleman or... Wait. No, no, no. Hold on. Blackbeard's delight. No. She gets a special cologne. It's called Sex Panther by Odeon. It's illegal in nine countries. Yep. It's made with bits of real panther. So you know it's good. It's quite pungent. Oh, yeah. It's a formidable scent. (laughs) Sting. In a good way. Yeah. Brian, I'm going to be honest with you. That smells like pure gasoline. All right. Over the weekend, I'm going to boil that down and create some sort of a Yes, you can do it. Uh, I've had many people offer to take you uh, cologne shopping, by the way, Richie. Great. I haven't, right. I haven't worn any in two days. Okay, so really? really? Now, now, can I... Oh, I guess he doesn't know. I guess you don't know if you smell. Now, may I uh, may I approach you to see if you smell? Sure. I'm not going to stick my face in your armpit, but just sort of like as close as the <laughs> average coworker would... No, you smell fine. Do you smoke? Let me smell. Do you smoke? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I smell a little bit of cigarette smoke. That's about it, though. 
I smell it cigarettes. That's. Yeah. No, you don't smell it all. Yeah, no, I know. I get a little bit of smoke, but that's about it. You, you got to do smell... something about that. Yeah, you smell better than when you bathe yourself in cologne. Yeah, really, that is true. Really. I mean, I understand that your desire to have some around because of the no sense of smell thing, uh, but you know, we'll take it. And I do believe this is Ed McCarthy on the phone, so we'll get to him in just a skosh here. All right. Um, it, before we do anything else, let's get one of these. Uh, hi, Rick Emerson. Show uh, Sir Madam as the case may be. Hello. 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 Hi. Hi. Uh, Terminator. Yeah. I mean, geez. Please, do, but please do explain what Skynet does in Terminator. Uh, I think it uh, goes like rogue and starts killing men. You're sort of okay. That's sort of a a broad way. Yes. You, you okay? You, the, the, I, I, in a I, vague I sense. I mean, it. Uh, no, in a vague sense, you're right. So, so yes, that you've given us the first. That's that's a good overall assessment of it. Okay. Thank you. You're awesome. Right. Crown Bank is becoming. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, it's the uh, Skynet, the Terminator. Yes, what does it do in the Terminator, sir? It um, basically um, kills all the humans. Starts World War III. Oh, it, uh, right? it starts all the humans at World War III, yes. Okay, I'm looking for a little bit. and that's It is correct. That is right. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll see if somebody can give us a little more of an in-depth answer. I'm hoping somebody can kind of do the little spiel. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Skynet, go. Skynet? was the company that ended up with Terminator 1's part and got the chip and dissected the chip and was able to take the technology and ended up becoming the future with the crazy robot that ended up having self-awareness and then ended up killing everybody. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so there was this there was this whole... Um, now, the Cyberdyne company, if I remember correctly, the Cyberdyne company creates the Skynet system, and it was... Um, it was it was originally a like a Star Wars type program where the Air Force would put it into orbit around the Earth and it would be a satellite system that protected us. And then it Skynet begins. And then there's the sequence in Terminator 2 where Arnold Schwarzenegger gives the whole blow by blow to Edward Furlong and he he's giving and he says at four at approximately 4:32 p.m. Pacific time, Skynet becomes self-aware. Engineers realize what is happening and they try to pull the plug. And uh, Edward Furlong says, Skynet fights back, Skynet fights back. If blah, 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 humans battle Skynet. Eventually, Skynet realizes that a first-strike nuclear assault is the only way to defeat its enemy. Full-fledged battle begins, or something like that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my wife watching, uh, watching uh, Dennis Cassandra's last night. Uh, we will get Ed McCarthy here in just a moment. I believe that's who that is. Richie Bristol. Yes. Please now to be explaining uh, this thing you just typed on the screen about the cops. Oh, uh, Multnomah County Sheriff's. I'm talking with their PR person, whatever they're looking for. Is that for. Brian Schmautz? No. Okay, who, uh, well, who, Gold, anybody. Goldberg. Okay, so you're talking to the end. So what, what, is the, what are we doing here? He's trying to find somebody to bring in for a demonstration of stun guns and tasers. So the, so the cops, the Multnomah County uh, cops have offered to, to uh, do a stun gun demonstration for us. I don't know if they know so much what they're getting into, but... I said demonstrations. Well, there's many. There's a lot of cops listen to the show. We got a lot of uh, police officers listening here. So they, they and plus, I mean, if we're asking them, come on in about tasers. I mean, clearly they've got to know what we're what we're interested in. Now, are they? Would they be bringing the person to be tased? I doubt that because I think Susan Reynolds is going to tell us that's a thing we can't do. Uh, used to getting like an audience member to do it. How about if we ask politely, please? <laughs> um, we, uh, never mind. Um, the um. It, it, but I know that as part of being a cop, like, it, before you're allowed to use pepper spray on anybody, because our friend Lyle told us this, before you're allowed to use pepper spray, you yourself have to be pepper sprayed. I do believe as a cop, before you are allowed to be armed with a taser, you yourself must be tased so you know what it feels like. Ooh. So I, I, I think what I'm saying is the, the cops, I think by definition, 
kind of tase each other at some point anyway because it's like they, they have to before they're allowed to do it. So you should inquire about that. Mm, sounds good. Now, did you tell me that you at one point actually have had a stun gun used on you? Yeah. Okay. We're not going to tell that story quite yet. I'm going to make people wait. But ever, let's everybody remember, Richie Bristol has no sense of smell and has had a stun gun used on him. So we'll get that, we'll get that story later on. Okay, Mike. Thank you, sir. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the South. CNN Radio Correspondent, Ed McCarthy. Hello, sir. Hello there, Rick. Well, so, Richie, uh, don't tase me, bro. Oh, Pat, wait, hold on. Writing it down. Tase, bro, don't. Okay, excellent. How's life, my friend? How are things? It is not bad. Not too shabby. Let's That's, talk about everybody's... Better for me than Barry Bonds. I was just going to say, let's talk about everybody's favorite athlete. So... <laughs> I don't even know how this came to pass. All I know is that I didn't see the math on this. All I know is the outcome, which is that so he has more home runs than everybody, but now, of course, more indictments than anybody, right? Yeah, it looks like it, doesn't it? Yeah. So what, what a happened? A controversy, you know, and all the fans, they, you know, we immediately went out and got fan reaction yesterday. And uh, Now give they, me, if you can, I don't mean to interrupt you, give me a little background on this. What, what is he under indictment for and how did it happen? Okay, the indictment charges him uh, saying he lied about his use of steroids to a grand jury investigation. Uh, the use of that, that grand jury was four years in the process, reckon. Uh, you know, they were checking uh, into performance-enhancing drugs in professional sports. So now, all of a sudden, uh, he is uh, charged with four counts of perjury, one count of obstruction of justice, and now these charges, just to break this down a little bit, stem from his 2003 appearance. It was late in December, I believe, before that grand jury, and uh, he repeatedly denied knowing, uh, knowingly uh, taking banned substances. So he says, you know, I, I didn't. I, knowingly, I, did, I don't know. I don't know if I did it. Uh, all right. And so this is... Um, and so what is he facing if all of this happens? If all of this happens and uh, if the stars are in the proper alignment, he would get 30 years in prison. Jesus. Long, long time. I mean, and so uh, and so, what is, the, what is the next step here? Like, how, how does this go forward? Well, he's going to be in uh, court December 7th, uh, federal court uh, in San Francisco. So that'll be pretty much the first appearance. And then after that, a judge would decide, you know, when a trial date would be. And, uh, you know, this has been going on for quite some time. Was, and, and, you know, it's been going on for so long that people thought he was going to skate on this whole thing. Was this, um, I was going to ask you, was this expected? Like, did, they, did anybody know that this was, was going to come out this way? I'll tell you what, it came out of the blue yesterday. There was no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, uh, you look at this thing and you think, was he going to make it or not? And then, you know what was the clue, I think, and nobody really picked up on it, was Marion Jones, the track star. Mm-hmm. She was tied to this Balco uh, thing, too, this Balco laboratory. And then she had, you know, over the years said, no, 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 I never did that. You know, I never did that. And then all of a sudden, no, I did it and I admit it and I've got to get back the medals. And she's probably going to do some times <laughs> for that as well. Is this, does this happen every couple of years when they discover how to test for a steroid that they didn't previously know how to test for? You know what, you know what I mean? In other words... Well, you know what? They, this is really weird because they didn't test him, actually. Well, what they did was they went in and they got evidence and they got calendars and they had his initials up on the thing for dates that he was coming in to uh, be treated. Right. So that that's how that all worked out. Uh, all right. Uh, excellent. And big plans for the weekend, sir? Well, big plans, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to think about it. We're, uh, we're still praying for rain here, as the governor is uh, in Georgia here. That's right. I forgot about that. Your yeah, governor is actually leading like a, like a prayer 
to 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 make it rain, right? It was really ironic. They had the uh, prayer vigil on Tuesday, and uh, Wednesday we actually got an inch of rain, which helped out. All right, there. All right, my friend. Enjoy your weekend. We will uh, talk to you soon. As always, a pleasure, Ed McCarthy. Okay, Rick. Thank take you, care. Sir. Bye bye. There you go. CNN Radio correspondent Ed McCarthy. Fantastic. Hi, Sarah. Hello. I'm trying to find that. If you're wondering what I'm doing, I'm trying to find the Skynet audio. I actually was uh, looking for a little bit too. Okay. I couldn't find it on YouTube. And there's a whole bunch of fan videos. Uh, the closest I could get is Aaron sent me the text. Yeah, that's what he sent me too. A revolutionary type of microprocessor. Is it at the very beginning of the movie? Uh, no, no, no. It's it's uh, it's about oh, halfway you... through because it's before they go to the scientist's home and they shoot him and they wound him. Um, it, oh, here's when it is. It's in it's. Right around the time when Sarah Connor goes to the scientist's home to kill, his name is Dyson, I think, Eric Dyson, and she goes to his home to kill him because he's the man that discovers the Terminator arm from the first film. Uh huh. And then out of that arm, this is where the time travel f's with you. And out of that arm from the first film, they build the entire Cyberdyne Skynet system, which then eventually turns on mankind. And there's that sequence where they can't find Sarah Connor because she's vanished, and the Terminator and Edward Furlong are talking, and then uh, the, the Terminator goes, Dyson, and he goes, she's going to blow him away! And then they get on the motorcycle or whatever, and then they go off to the house right as Linda Hamilton is shooting the scientist. And then the scientist, of course, helps them uh, blow up the Cyberdyne Laboratory. I, uh, Terminator 2 is the first rated R movie I ever saw. Really? It is so great. My friend Jenny Key's mom brought us to the movie theater. Such a badass film. Yeah, I never told my mom. She would have been so much. I was in fifth grade. There's really nothing to make it rated R. I mean, it's violence, but it's all kind of cartoon it violence. It was scary at the beginning. Oh, it's with a the, freaky with, film. Yeah, with the like swing sets and like all the like, you know, smoky. And, and then they all turn to paper and blow away. Oh. And then when the guy licks her face while she's asleep. Ew, I don't remember that part. You don't? It, well, she's in the nut I house. need to watch that movie again. It is so good. Have you ever seen the first one? I don't think so. Oh, you got to watch Terminator 1. It's also James Cameron. It's really good. A couple of the effects are a little cheesy now. You know, some of the uh, some of the, the costuming is a, is a little corny. Because it was like 25 years ago. The first Terminator is fantastic and much darker than the second one. Maybe that's a little... I, today's like totally a movie-watching day. I'm going to go uh, swing by a CD game exchange and get some movies. I, I'll buy Terminator. I strongly advise you to watch the first Terminator. It is much darker. Than the second, than Terminator Two, it is. It doesn't have uh, a lot of the sort of humor that the second one has. It's it's good. It's just it's very grim. Uh, yeah, Terminator Two has that sequence where Linda Hamilton is strapped to the bed in the mental home because mm-hmm. she's nutty, and there's the uh, the orderly comes in with a nightstick, and you know uh, she's asleep, and he does that thing of sniffing her, and then he just goes. <laughs> And licks the side of her face. I do, and he's like that, that big Newman-looking bastard. Uh huh. Yeah, and then she beats his ass later with with the nightstick. So. Oh, uh, so Uma Thurman, Circuit Kill Bill. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, it's a fantastic. Terminator Two is great. Terminator Three, not bad, not great, not bad. Pretty downbeat. Uh, Terminator Three is actually way better than it has. Yeah, I just saw the one in the middle. Yeah, Terminator Two is really, really good, and it's just got an amazing car chase, and it's got. I know I'm just gushing, but it's got that. All I remember the L.A., like the, um, what's that thing called, like the, the water reservoir culverts. thing? Yeah, yeah the, those um, are really cool. And there's that sequence where the truck breaks through the embankment, or the, the, the wall, the concrete wall on the highway, and goes down into that drainage, the, the flood uh, culvert. All d- dudes, all geeks must gush about James Cameron. It's just like a rule. Uh, but Terminator 2 is so great. Um, I haven't seen it actually in a few years. I mean, I imagine it holds up, because he just makes such great films. I mean, t- uh, Cameron is just so good. Um... Anyway, here's the here's the little speech. Um, 
It's where Schwarzenegger says, a revolutionary type of microprocessor. In three years, Cyberdyne will become the largest supplier of military computer systems. All stealth bombers are upgraded with Cyberdyne computers, becoming fully unmanned. Afterwards, they fly with a perfect operational record. The Skynet funding bill is passed. The system goes online on August 4th, 1997. Human decisions are removed from the strategic defense. Skynet begins to learn at a geometric rate. It becomes self-aware at 2.14 a.m. Eastern Time, August 29th. In a panic, they try to pull the plug. Skynet fights back. Yes, it launches missiles against the targets in Russia. Why Ugh. Why attack Russia? Aren't they our friends now? Because Skynet knows that the Russian counterattack will eliminate its enemies over here. And then Sarah says, Jesus. And then she vanishes to go shoot what's-his-name. Oh, that's nuts. And what's nuts, and this is why you can't think about it too much, is the time travel aspect. Because, I'm not giving anything away, but... It's like the same thing in Donnie Darko. That's why it gets so confusing. Totally, because... The only reason they were able to build the Skynet system is they modeled it on the technology that they found in this metal arm that the Terminator left in the first film. But, of course, if they hadn't built the technology, that arm never would have been sent back in time anyway. It just it screws with you. It just bends oh, your brain Oh, that makes my head hurt. Don't, that's, and, that, and you're sober. I mean, if you're, I mean, if you're just like go home and you just get baked and watch that film, I think it would break your your brain. I've had many of those, you know, after a couple of glasses of wine discussions about Donnie Darko and yeah. how, in fact, how can the airplane, you know, how can right. the engine from the airplane fall when they haven't even flown in the airplane yet? Where does the airplane exactly. come from? Does you know whose lives does he actually save? It's just so yeah. Well, and 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 uh, and I'll tell you this: in the first Terminator, you find out who John Connor's father is, and it just you're just like no, I just you know it's so yeah it's. The fir- I, uh, yeah, the Terminator movies, the first two, and again, the third one's okay. But, uh, but you know, without Cameron, it's not really the same. It's like a soda without fizz. Uh, so the first two Terminator films are really, really great. And, um, yeah, and the first one is not nearly as amusing as the second one, but it's still good. And it so, doesn't have Edward Furlong. And it. it doesn't have Edward Furlong, but it has Michael Bean, who we love. Uh, that guy's great. But anyway, yeah, there you go. Uh, what the hell am I doing? What time is it? 120? Well, uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, is this me? Hey. Hey. Yes. Well, I'll take you even one further on the whole time travel thing. It's almost like in uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Right. When Bill and Ted are trying to break out all the uh, historical uh, members from right. prison, and they're like, well, maybe if we can go ahead in time or back in time and, and leave the keys behind this sign. Right. Then they'll be here for us, and they walk over, and, and sure enough, there are the keys. Uh, yeah, boy, in time travel stuff, and this is, I don't want to get too, too into this, because then a bunch of nerds will call up, and they'll yell at me about it, but... You'll, you'll, I'll hang up now then. No, no, no. I'm just saying you'll you'll hear like these guys who are really. I sound like my dad here, but it is possible to be too smart for one's own good, and so you will see these like long discussions or or, or like message boards or books where there's like these science nerds who are arguing about time travel and how it is possible. They're like, well, theoretically speaking, time travel is possible. It's just that we would need a quark accelerator that would allow us to travel at the speed of... And, and, and you know, you know, and, and you'll get these scientists, and I mean real scientists, not like fake, like, like uh, homeopathic scientists, like real PhDs who will say, well, uh, you know, the only reason we can't travel to the future right now is because we lack a sufficient acceleration system that would push us beyond the velocity of light, which is really what is needed for any sort of meaningful time travel. And then I will raise my hand and I'll go, well, can't we just not travel to the future because it hasn't happened yet? And they'll go, shut up! Yeah. <laughs> and they yell at me, don't be stupid! You don't know what you're talking about! And I, so I can't think about it because I always sense, we talked about art earlier this week and how I think that like a lot of art is a scam, that they're just telling me something is brilliant because they know I don't know. 
I think sometimes, between you and me, scientists say stuff like, well, time travel is possible if we could only figure out how to accelerate fast enough. They say that because they know that we don't know. And so, like, I can't argue against it because I'm dumb. So it's their well, way I mean, just to look, like, even smarter than they already are. It's literally one of the only industries where, where they have the freedom to make up their own terminology Seriously. to explain things and we're in like, a way that we can't understand. And we're like Stephen Hawking. It's Stephen Hawking, who, as a car dealer once said, is a pretty bright guy, where Stephen Hawking at one point was talking about time travel and parallel universes or something, and they said, well, that just doesn't make any sense. That's absurd. How would that be possible? And he came back the next day, and he goes, I know, I know. Uh, but Stephen Hawking said through his voice box, he said, I know there are magical wormholes that link all the parallel universes. And everybody went, oh, okay, yeah, that's well, it. And they wrote it like it was a real answer. Yeah, we like, can't just prove it, so it must be true. Yeah, he just kind of, like, he went back and he, you know, they said, how could parallel universes exist and how could you travel between them? He went back home, he came back the next day and he goes, there are wormholes that link all the parallel universes and uh, if you fall into a wormhole... You end up in an alternate reality. And everybody went, oh, that's brilliant. What, what an amazing scientist he is. Having just, like, made some crap up, I think. So, you know, whatever. God love him. He makes money at it. So what do you, well, what do you I, do? I, always, I always, you know, tend to believe more in, you know, the wrinkle in time theory, you know, with the whole line of string. Hey. And if you're able to bend that. You know, kind of like in that movie with uh, Tom Cruise, The uh, Minority Report. Yeah. Where he rolls the ball and he catches it and he says, well, just because you caught it doesn't doesn't mean that ball was not going to fall on the floor. Or like when the Oracle says, um, the Oracle in the Matrix, she goes, what's really going to bake your noodle is later. Would you have caught it if I hadn't mentioned it? Or whatever that she says to Keanu Reeves. Yeah, excellent. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank uh, you. I actually called to talk about Barry oh. Bonds when we got yes. to this. Oh, no, go, go well, take a nap. And... Well, go ahead. Go ahead and say your Barry Bonds thing. Well, I mean, you know, please to correct my ignorance on this issue, but I don't, I don't really understand how, because he lied about taking steroids in a game of baseball, that that makes him liable to up to 30 years in prison. Because I mean, it's not like he was selling, you know, national secrets or anything. Well, understand, I don't really care, and I think anybody in sports ought to be able to take whatever drugs they want. Because uh, what do I? Because you know, cause if you're an, if you're a professional athlete, you abuse your body so much anyway, right. and you're already just decimating your body regardless. And the guy you're playing against is probably also juiced up and just hasn't been caught. So, and you're nobody's forcing you to do it, and you're opting in. So I think. Professional athletes ought to be able to take whatever they want. I don't, really, and I think drugs ought to be legal anyway, and whatever. But my thing is, I think it's because he lied about it in front of a grand jury. And if you Which lie, me to think why? Why is there a grand jury involved? I mean, this is about a, a game. Yeah. No, a trust me, you're with me. It's about a game that you know you ought to be able to do whatever you want, and it's about a drug that probably ought to be legal anyway. So I'm with you on that. Exactly. Thank you, sir. All right. One, one more thing. Yes. Sarah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Bye now. All right. There you go. All right, here come the time travel uh, emails. I'm not reading them. I'll read them in the future. <laughs> Thanks. Not some nuts. Yes, more than anything. Not really. I'm okay. Kind of nutted up. I think here. I've had too many. Yeah, I'm all nutted out. Uh, yeah. Hi. <laughs> uh, okay, we're. <laughs> They take the sutures out next week. Um, Take a little break here. Back after this, Tim Riley coming up later on. Aaron Geek in the City, Duran, top five, and so forth. You say there, it's the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson Radio Program. How are those nuts freaking, Sarah? They're really good. 
Did you want some? Are they salty? They're very salty, actually. Why don't you put those? Would you like to try my salty nuts? Just hand me the sack. Okay, there you go. Oh! No! too many of them. I'm hungry. Okay. You know, here's the thing I don't understand about this sack full of nuts. Tim, maybe you can answer this question. All right. I'll give it my best shot. Mr. Peanut wears a monocle. Right? Yeah. What is the purpose of a monocle? That's in place of eyeglasses. Why would you not just wear eyeglasses? Maybe he only has one bad eye. Well, Okay. But, I mean, wouldn't it make more sense to have a full pair of glasses and have the other lens just be glass? Like, a monocle looks... First of all, do it, did people ever really wear monocles? Maybe they only had one bad eye. Hello, welcome to 10 seconds ago. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I got distracted. Are you on delay over there? Yes. Um, it's true. Well, I'm hung. I'm starving and you took my nuts. Get more of those nuts into your mouth right now, Sarah. Um, no, my thing about the monocle is... Okay, you only have one bad eye. Why wouldn't you just put regular glass? Because clearly the technology existed to make glass. You know, one corrective lens, one, you know, vanity lens, uh, and then you wear glasses. Because the thing about the monocle is, how I don't even know how do you keep that there. How do you keep the monocle on your eye? You kind of wedge it in there. But I that, think you get... Don't you have to be squinting all the time? Like, don't you have to be constantly crunching down? Like, you have to... Sarah is okay. Sarah is simulating the use of a monocle by shoving a bottle cap against her eye. Yeah, they just yeah they're always kind of squinchy, and then it goes. Let's do it. Okay, do it right now. Make it make it work, Smarty. There we go. <laughs> okay, Tim, that looks exactly as they Sarah should. has shoved a bottle cap against her right eye and is now squinchy. Doesn't seem like a lot of work to hold the monocle there, and if you need it, yeah, all monocles the... are very dapper looking though. I suppose I guess it's like a pocket watch where I suppose it looks cool, but it seems like a lot of work. All right. I've seen Nazis wearing them in, in movies before. Maybe that's what it's there for. It's, it's there to look dapper and menacing. Mm-hmm. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley with more of your uh, news. There's very little information about monocles available for some reason. If you went to, like, lens crafters and asked for a monocle... I'm going to do that when I go to my... Um, I'm sorry. I'm talking <laughs> with a mouthful of nuts. Hold on. Ah. All right. Yeah, that's Rick showing not me, by the way. When I go to get my uh, when I go to get my uh, my eyeglasses updated mm-hmm. at my insurance company, who I will not name, uh, except to say that I barely knew her, uh, who are uh, tedious and often incompetent, um, I'm going to ask them to uh, to give me a monocle as punishment, as punishment for their ineptitude. I'm going to pun- I'm going to add them. I demand a monocle in addition to my regular in addition to my regular prescription update, because my prescription is now it's now just old enough um, that. I'm sorry, now I got, like, nut residue in my mouth. Hold on. My prescription is just old enough that I find myself unconsciously, like, I'll notice every now and again that my eyes are squinting. And I, I've had to start to squint ever so slightly to make things come into sharp focus on the television, um, which is how I judge everything. So, all right. Here's Tim Riley. Well, soldiers trained for six years of war are deserting their posts at the highest rate since 1980. Uh, apparently, let's see here. Wow. In the past year, there's been an 80% increase since the United States invaded Iraq in 2003. Um, and these Those are guys who are, going, who, are, who are going AWOL or whatever? Yeah. According to the Army, about uh, nine of every 1,000 soldiers uh, deserted in the fiscal year 2007. And, and part of the problem is, and I heard this this morning, they're, they're giving these guys discharges 
when they, they figure that they're going crazy from being there, so right. they don't have to pay their VA benefits. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And there have been like 28,000 discharges for mental problems, right? like battle fatigue and things like that, and they give these discharges so that they don't have to pay their VA benefits to get the, you know, to get them help. Now, was that 28,000 of these guys have been discharged. So what is the, um, so how does that work? That if, if what if, happens is the, the, the doctors who serve the VA or the Army give them these discharges so they like don't a section have to take care eight or of something that you always hear yeah. reference on mash like you've gone nutty right and so is the deal that if you get discharged for being crazy that they don't have to give you as many benefits or benefits at all correct in some cases correct that's why they gladly give them oh, god this the whole thing just infuriates me it really does um and, and it's stuff that nobody's talking about but yeah it, it's going on quite well a bit. and yeah uh yeah it would be wrong of me to say anymore. Um, I mean, they, they're leaving these guys over there forever. It's a hell of a place to spend one day anyway. Jesus. And, and I didn't come up with this. George Carlin made this observation, uh, which is very true, that as time goes on, we have... Uh, I mean, look, I've never been in combat, obviously. I mean, I've, you know, uh, a lot of the people here on the show, and a lot of us you know, have family members that have been in the military and whatever, but I, I've never been there, so it would be wrong of me to say that I had, like, first-in experience. But obviously, it is, like, the world's biggest understatement to say that, like, being in combat, is terrible, it sucks, and is traumatic, and, and scarring mentally and physically, and both sometimes. But Carlin made this great observation that as time has gone on, we have created more and more uh, just sort of toothless euphemisms to make ourselves sort of feel better about the fact that we're going and subjecting all of these uh, men and women in the military to this. Cause, you know, the back greatest in... weapon systems of the world, but it's not helping people's vehicles being blown up from Well, there's a guy on the Dennis Miller show today, some kid who called up, sort of like, you know, some you know, run-of-the-mill American guy who was over there, uh, you know, and co- he's just wasn't even in combat. He's just driving down the road in Iraq, and one of those roadside IED thing goes off, yeah. Go and the shrapnel goes through the floor of his Humvee. Right. I mean, that's how powerful this stuff is. It goes through the floor of the Humvee and then right through his foot. I mean, it nearly severs his foot at the ankle, which is not like the world's worst injury, I suppose. But, I mean, you know, you wouldn't want it to happen to you. Uh, and you wouldn't want it to happen to your kid or anybody you cared about. Anyway, but, you know, in the early 20th century, they called this shell shock. Right. You know, which was, you know, shell shock is a kind of a frightening sounding ailment. I mean, it, it, you know, because you, 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 these guys are just traumatized. And then it wasn't shell shock. Then it was... God, then it was something else. Then it was like battle fatigue. Mm-hmm. And and then it was, but now it's post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. So so the these doctors in the service are having these guys dismissed so that the VA will not cover any benefits. So they're, they're just being unleashed back home and nobody's looking after them. No, and yeah. All right. And I, and I have... Um, yeah. Well, we have. Let's put it this way. We have. Uh, um. Uh, we. I know we have listeners, and people associated with the program. Uh. You know who deal with these guys. Mm-hmm. Um. You know who who get who come over here and just have a. I'm not gonna go on about this. I don't want to be a big Johnny Buzzkill today. But just who come over and just have all kinds of problems. Yeah. I mean, and you and you don't see. This is. The, I swear, this is the last thing I'll, I'll say about this, and then we're gonna move on. But you know, you don't see coffins anymore. You don't see, uh, uh, you know, you don't see see interviews with like, hey, what happened to you? Well, hey, I have a huge traumatic brain injury from, you know, the Iraq War. Uh, you know, you just don't see, and and it, leaving aside the issue of whether you even think the war is a good idea or not, I mean, it, it would do us well as a nation, I think, to have a pretty clear-eyed realization and knowledge of what's happening. Right. And you just have uh, just tons of guys and women coming back who are just the, the, the injured psychologically or physically or both, and you just don't hear about it, and 
I'm not saying the VA is necessarily bad because the VA is filled with, you know, the VA is just people. But, of course, it's, it's, it is always as it is. It is always the man, the upper echelons, who just turn off the funding. The VA is perennially underfunded. The VA is constantly shortchanged. The VA never gets the money or equipment they need. And so, as a result, even the guys who do get help at the VA often can't get the help that they need to have because there's just not enough funding for it. So, anyway, anyway end, of, end of rant. Jesus, the whole thing just makes me furious. Well, let's talk about the Spice Girls. Can't we have another joke? Well, all right. I have some left over here. This one says, careful. Let's skip that one. We uh, had to space those out throughout the program. And I'm out of nuts over here, so I can't, I can't do any more nut jokes. Do you want some more nuts? No, I'm all full of nuts How about right a Michael now. Jordan joke? How about it? Well, Ooh. Michael Jordan will pay his wife $168 million to divorce her. Now, say it with me, married guys. Worth it. Can you say that one again? Michael Jordan will pay his wife $168 million to divorce her. Say it with me, married guys. Worth it. Ma, 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 ma. I'm running out of jokes, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Excellent. That's fantastic. Good. Save that. Can you download that cricket sound? Did you? I will. All right. Can you put that in the V drive? That would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, well done, Tim Riley. Thank you. All right, here's uh, more news. And well, along with scantily clad supermodels, the Spice Girls showed up on stage at the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show last night at the Kodak Theater in Los Angeles. It was a sneak peek of the eagerly anticipated global reunion tour that begins December 2nd in Vancouver. The British girl group sang their hit Stop in their new single, Headlines. The group's latest CD, Spice Girls' Greatest Hits, is being sold only at the lingerie chain. This is kind of like a Starbucks type of thing. A fashion show will be broadcast December 4th on CBS. William Adams of the Black Eyed Peas was a last-minute stand-in at the show for hip-hop star Kanye West, whose mother died earlier this week. Didn't she? Did you see that that, yeah. nut, that nutty story about that plastic surgeon uh -huh. who uh, allegedly uh, contributed to her demise? Yeah. That he wasn't even board-certified in plastic surgery. No. I, I don't know. Well, everybody's got their act in L.A. <laughs> He's like a podiatrist or something. Yeah. He's, maybe that's what it was. Maybe he was just doing method acting. I only, gonna, I only play one in Beverly Hills. I'm going to be playing a plastic surgery, <laughs> plastic surgeon later on, so I better go. I better go act that way for about a year. And I guess that he'd been accused of like he's not going to get a role like that. No, I don't believe so. He'll be. He's wait, Sarah Crickets. Can you do that story again about the, the Kanye West? We just had lived that whole story. Well, I know, but just do the, the last couple sentences about how William from the Black Eyed Peas is doing the William game. Adams of the Black Eyed Peas was a last-minute stand-in for the show for hip-hop star Kanye West, whose mother died earlier this week. Yeah, boy. Hey, I don't even know what we're doing now. Hey, you know that doctor who uh, operated on Kanye West's mother and uh, yes. allegedly contributed to her demise? You know, he wasn't even a board-certified physician, Tim you, Riley? You're kidding me. Right. How do you know that? Well, he wasn't board-certified in plastic surgery. It's Hollywood. Maybe he was just a... Uh, Maybe he was just a method actor. Maybe he was just, uh, he had an upcoming role as a plastic surgeon, and he was uh, doing a little method acting for him. What do you think about that, Tim Riley? Why, that's wonderful. Well, you know, his, his next role will be in Prison Break. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, that was a long way to go to this stupid cricket thing. I apologize. I, I sent you the crickets. I, I don't have access to the V-Drive. I should be killed. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Well, Disneyland workers are recently forced to close the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction 
after Ryan's security camera caught a woman apparently dumping human remains <laughs> in what may be a growing trend. <laughs> Did she have a 55-gallon drum with it's her? It, it, it's a growing trend. Wonderful. Workers at the Anaheim theme park spotted the woman uh, sprinkling an unidentified substance into the water at the Pirate's Ride. Uh, Anaheim police recalled, the woman told Disneyland park workers that the substance she dumped was baby powder. Uh-huh. But officials are investigating the possibility she sprinkled human ashes. Jesus. Some Disney watchers say park goers tell them that people smuggling in cremation remains of their loved ones and then sprinkling the ashes on rides has been going on for quite some time. They said it started at the Hunted Mansion, but now the Pirates of the Caribbean ride is growing in popularity. Uh, let's see here. Al Lutz, who runs uh, MiceAge.com said it is not unusual for people to scatter a loved one's remains at the happiest place on Earth. <laughs> Disney officials say they're unaware of any confirmed ash-scattering incidents at the park and don't believe it to be a problem. It's just a growing trend. Jesus. I mean, that's actually... I don't know how I feel about it. It's actually kind of cool in a weird way here on KCMD Portland. It's actually kind of weird and cool that, I mean... Not that I would want to be dumped at the Pirates of the Caribbean ride or something, but I mean, what are they going to do? But you can't really, I mean, you can't search for ash when they come in. Mm-hmm. And I mean, who? how would they, I mean, not like they're ever going to find it anyway. That whole place is just pitch dark when you go through the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. And I'm not a big Disneyland fan, but the Pirates of the Caribbean ride is still really cool. Uh, when's the last time anybody here went to Pirates of the Caribbean? Ooh, ten years ago. Sarah? Eighth grade. Yeah, see, I went through, a uh, really? Ninth grade. Oh, see, and I went through. Well, they completely changed it, didn't they? After the movie. No, remember, we had this as a news story like five years ago where uh, the women with the big breasts and oh, everything. Oh, the bosoms have been covered. Yeah, they completely and... like redid the entire thing. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm glad I saw it before that then. Oh, yeah, because it was like a winch. She was like tied to a pole or something. Um, yeah, I saw it before that. I mean, it was still kind of cool. The great and creepy thing about the Pirates of the Caribbean ride still is you when you go into um you go out into that big open space where the two ships are firing cannons at each other and it's kind of cool because the, the you know the the roof the ceiling of that place is so high and has like a, the night sky painted on the ceiling and it is really cool because if you don't look at it too closely it is completely convincing the imagineers have done a really great job there where that that ceiling does look like an open sky it's sort of a much better version of that sky that the ceiling inside Caesar's palace all right. Uh, here's uh, Tim Riley. A man wearing a ski mask used a stapler to hold up a Kentucky ice cream store and briefly got away with $175. Stapler? I barely knew her. Gerald Rachi was arrested shortly after he flashed a chrome-plated stapler at an employee at the ice cream shop. Uh, let's see. The uh, the police department didn't know if Rachi planned to shoot staples at the store's employees or use it as a blunt instrument if he didn't get the cash. It uh, it didn't come to that because the employee just handed over the cash. Several witnesses say Rachi uh, left the shop and told police uh, the direction that he was heading. They searched his house and found money and the stapler and the ski mask. The stapler's chrome finish could have looked like a gun if you didn't look at it. Oh, right. so it wasn't even a staple gun. It was just a regular, just, uh, yeah, like a desk stapler. Yes. Well, that's just dumb. That is dumb, isn't it? All right. Well, okay, there you go. Uh, all right, let me... Uh... Who heard that? No one. Nobody. All right. Uh, we're going to hold on for a second while I get myself a cup of coffee.
Daily Newberg. Okay, that's funny. Um, I usually have some back here, but yeah, I'm not there's none. I'll take it during the break. All right, it's five zero. Let's go to Justin. Uh, Justin, you lose. Justin loses. Um, all right, before we do anything else, we'll resume the news here in a moment, and then we have uh, Ed McCarthy. Uh, let's see. Let's uh, Richie Bristol. Would ye please come to the studio now? and bring a creamer? And bring some creamer. And get me a turkey pot pie. Uh, let's do one more while we're waiting for Richie Bristol to get some creamer. Come to the studio. All righty then. The British military communications satellite Skynet 5B launched successfully. Skynet? Yes. Skynet 5B has launched successfully from the French Guiana. The spacecraft will uh, complete the UK Armed Forces' planned new generation of orbital communications coverage. Skynet 5B was supposed to launch today, but technical uh, hitches affected the Ariane 5 rocket. Skynet? Yeah. Problems overcome, the boosters successfully sent both the Skynet spacecraft and Brazilian telecom platforms into orbit. Uh, let's see here. So they set a new record with this, uh, with this payload. The launch of the Skynet 5B... Skynet? Yes. Clearly reflects okay. uh, the space company's strategic role in guaranteeing inter- independent access to European governments. Skynet... Oh. 5A... Skynet? 5A oh, is the European launcher's 28th military payload. Skynet 5C will not increase the coverage area of the <laughs> Skynet. Waiting 5C. for me to do it there. <laughs> yeah. Skynet. The, who knows? Who knows why I keep saying Skynet, Sarah? I have no idea, but it's getting very great. Oh <laughs> <laughs> not, Tim. I know, but I'm not going to say it. Okay, Skynet is the. <laughs> I'm sorry. I gotta stop. Someone call up. I can't even. I can't even wrap my brain around the fact that the who is this? The UK? Yes. Have just launched something called Skynet. Skynet. What yes. does it do? It's a satellite. But I mean, what does it do? Before... It spies on people. Okay. Someone now, please call up and explain to everyone who doesn't know why I am agog at the creation and launching of something called Skynet. Please now to be calling five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. We'll just take somebody. Uh, we'll just take somebody. Uh, Did you want to call Richie? Because I have this randomly. Thunder. Really? I don't think Richie heard us the first time. Richie, we could summon him with, um, do we have a... What cologne are you going to go with? London gentleman or... Wait. No, no, no. Hold on. Blackbeard's delight. No. She gets a special cologne. It's called Sex Panther by Odeon. It's illegal in nine countries. Yep. It's made with bits of real panther. So you know it's good. It's quite pungent. Oh, yeah. It's a formidable scent. (laughs) Sting. In a good way. Yeah. (laughs) Brian, I'm going to be honest with you. That smells like pure gasoline. All right. Over the weekend, I'm going to boil that down and create some sort of a sender for you. Yes, you can do it. Uh, I've had many people offer to take you uh, cologne shopping, by the way, Richie. Great. I haven't haven't worn any in two days. Okay, so really? Really? Now, can I... Oh, I guess he doesn't know. I guess you don't know if you smell. Now, may uh, may I approach you to see if you smell? Sure. I'm not going to stick my face in your armpit, but just sort of like as close as the <laughs> average coworker would. No, you smell fine. You smoke? Let me smell. Do you smoke? Oh, yeah, I smell a little bit of cigarette smoke. That's about it, though. I smell of cigarettes. That's. Yeah. No, you don't smell at all. Yeah, no, I, I get a little bit of smoke, but that's about it. You've got to do smoke. something about that. Yeah, you smell better than when you bathe yourself in cologne. Yeah, really, that is true. Really, I mean, I understand that your desire to have some around because of the no sense of smell thing, uh, but you know, we'll take it. And I do believe this is Ed McCarthy on the phone, so we'll get to him in just a skosh here. All right, um, it, before we do anything else, let's get one of these. Uh, hi, Rick Emerson, show uh, Sir Madam, as the case may be. Hello. 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 Hi. Hi. Uh, Terminator. Yeah. I mean, geez. Please, to, but please to explain what Skynet does in Terminator. Uh, I think it uh, goes like rogue and starts killing men. 
You're sort of okay. That's sort of a a broad way. Yes, you, you okay. You, the, the, I, I, in a I, vague I sense. I mean, it. Uh, no, in a vague sense, you're right. So, so yes, that you've given us the first. That's that's a good overall assessment of it. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Right. Crown Bank is becoming. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, it's the uh, Skynet, the Terminator. Yes. What does it do in the Terminator, sir? It um, basically. Um, Kills all the humans. Starts World War III. Starts all the humans at World War III. Yes. Okay. I'm looking for a little bit, and that's it is correct. That is right. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll see if somebody can give us a little more of an in-depth answer. I'm hoping somebody can kind of do the little spiel. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Skynet, go. Skynet was the company that ended up with Terminator One's part and got the chip and dissected the chip and was able to take the technology and ended up becoming the future with the crazy robots that ended up having self-awareness and then ended up killing everybody. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so there was this uh, there was this whole... Um, uh, now, the Cyberdyne Company, if I remember correctly, the Cyberdyne Company creates the Skynet system, and it was... Um, it was it was originally a like a Star Wars type program where the Air Force would put it into orbit around the Earth and it would be a satellite system that protected us. And then it, Skynet begins, and then there's the sequence in Terminator 2 where Arnold Schwarzenegger gives the whole blow by blow to Edward Furlong, and he he's giving and he says at four at approximately 4:32 p.m. Pacific time, Skynet becomes self-aware. Engineers realize what is happening and they try to pull the plug. And uh, Edward Furlong says, Skynet fights back, Skynet fights back. If blah, 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 humans battle Skynet. Eventually, Skynet realizes that a first-strike nuclear assault is the only way to defeat its enemy. Full-fledged battle begins, or something like that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my wife watching, uh, watching uh, Dennis Kucinich last night. F you. Uh, we will get Ed McCarthy here in just a moment. I believe that's who that is. Richie Bristol. Yes. Please not to be explaining uh, this thing you just typed on the screen about the cops. Oh, uh, Multnomah County Sheriff's. I'm talking with their PR person, whatever they're looking for. Is that for. Brian Schmautz? No. Okay, who, uh, well, who Gold, anybody? Goldberg. Okay, so you're talking to the end. So what, what, is the, what are we doing here? He's trying to find somebody to bring in for a demonstration of stun guns and tasers. So the, so the cops, the Multnomah County uh, cops have offered to, to uh, do a stun gun demonstration for us. I don't know if they know so much what they're getting into, but... I said demonstrations. Well, there's many. There's a lot of cops listen to the show. We got a lot of uh, police officers listening here. So they, they and plus, I mean, if we're asking them, come on in about tasers. I mean, clearly they've got to know what we're what we're interested in. Now, are they would they be bringing the person to be tased? I doubt that because I think Susan Reynolds is going to tell us that's a thing we can't do. Uh, is to getting like an audience member to do it. How about if we ask politely, please? <laughs> um, we, uh, never mind. Um, the um. It, it, but I know that as part of being a cop, like, it, before you're allowed to use pepper spray on anybody, because our friend Lyle told us this, before you're allowed to use pepper spray, you yourself have to be pepper sprayed. I do believe as a cop, before you are allowed to be armed with a taser, you yourself must be tased so you know what it feels like. Ooh. So I, I, I think what I'm saying is the, the cops, I think by definition, kind of tase each other at some point <laughs> anyway, because it's like they, they have to before they're allowed to do it. So you should inquire about that. Mm, sounds good. Now, did you tell me that you at one point actually have had a stun gun used on you? Yeah. Okay. We're not going to tell that story quite yet. I'm going to make people wait. But ever, let's everybody remember, Richie Bristol has no sense of smell and has had a stun gun used on him. <laughs> so we'll get, the, we'll get that story later on. Okay, Mike. Thank you, sir. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the South. CNN Radio Correspondent Ed McCarthy. Hello, sir. Hello there. Well, so, Richie, uh, don't tase me, bro. Oh, wait, hold on. Writing it down. Tase, bro, don't. Okay, excellent. How's life, my friend? How are things? 
It is not bad. Not too shabby. Let's that's, talk about everybody's... better for me than Barry Bonds. I'm let's put it that way. I was going to say, let's talk about everybody's favorite athletes. So... <laughs> I don't even know how this came to pass. All I know is that I didn't see the math on this. All I know is the outcome, which is that so he has more home runs than everybody, but now, of course, more indictments than anybody, right? Yeah, it looks like it, doesn't it? Yeah. So what, what a happened? Lot of controversy, you know, and all the fans, they, you know, we immediately went out and got fan reaction yesterday. And uh, Now give they, me, if you can, I don't mean to interrupt, but give me a little background on this. What, what is he under indictment for and how did it happen? Okay, the indictment charges him uh, saying he lied about his use of steroids to a grand jury investigation. Uh, the use of that, that grand jury was four years in the process, Rick, and, uh, you know, they were checking uh, into performance-enhancing drugs in professional sports. So now, all of a sudden, uh, he is uh, charged with four counts of perjury, one count of obstruction of justice, and now these charges, just to break this down a little bit, stem from his 2003 appearance. It was late in December, I believe, before that grand jury, and uh, he repeatedly denied knowing, uh, knowingly uh, taking banned substances. So he says, you know, I, I didn't I, knowingly. I, did, I don't know. I don't know if I did it. Uh, all right. And so this is. Um, and so what is he facing if all of this happens? If all of this happens and uh, if the stars are in the proper alignment, he would get 30 years in prison. Jesus. Long, long time. I mean, and so, uh, and so what, is the, what is the next step here? Like, how, how does this go forward? Well, he's going to be in uh, court December 7th, uh, federal court uh, in San Francisco. So that'll be pretty much the first appearance. And then after that, a judge would decide, you know, when a trial date would be. And, uh, you know, this has been going on for quite some time. Was, and, and, you know, it's been going on for so long that people thought he was going to skate on this whole thing. Was this, um, I was going to ask you, was this expected? Like, did they, did anybody know that this was, that it was going to come out this way? I'll tell you what, it came out of the blue yesterday. There was no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, uh, you look at this thing and you think, was he going to make it or not? And then, you know what was the clue, I think, and nobody really picked up on it, was Marion Jones, the track star. Mm-hmm. She was tied to this Balco uh, thing, too, this Balco laboratory, and then she had, you know, over the years said, no, 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 I never did that, you know, I never did that, and then all of a sudden, no, I did it, and I admit it, and I've got to give back the medals, and she's probably going to do some times <laughs> for that as well. Is this Does this happen every couple of years when they discover how to test for a steroid that they didn't previously know how to test for? You know what, you know what I mean? In other words... Well, you know what? They, this is really weird because they didn't test him, actually. Well, what they did was they went in and they got evidence and they got calendars and they had his initials up on the thing for dates that he was coming in to uh, be treated. Right. So that that's how that all worked out. Uh, all right. Uh, excellent. And big plans for the weekend, sir? Well, big plans, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to think about it. We're, uh, we're still praying for rain here, as the governor is uh, in Georgia here. That's actually. right. I forgot about that. Your yeah, governor is actually leading like a, like a prayer uh, to 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 make it rain, right? It was really ironic. They had the uh, prayer vigil on Tuesday, and uh, Wednesday we actually got an inch of rain, which helped out. All right there. All right, my friend, enjoy your weekend. We will uh, talk to you soon. As always, a pleasure, Ed McCarthy. Okay, Rick, Thank take you, care. Sir. Bye-bye. There you go. CNN Radio correspondent, Ed McCarthy. Fantastic. Hi, Sarah. Hello. I'm trying to find that. If you're wondering what I'm doing, I'm trying to find the Skynet audio. I actually was uh, looking for a little bit. Okay. I couldn't find it on YouTube. And there's a whole bunch of fan videos. Uh, the closest I could get is Aaron sent me the text. Yeah, that's what he sent me, too. A revolutionary type of is microprocessor. Is it at the very beginning of the movie? Uh, no, no, no. It's, it's, uh, it's about oh, halfway watching... through because it's before they go to the scientist's home and they shoot him and they wound him. 
Um, it, okay, here's when it is. It's in. It's right around the time when Sarah Connor goes to the scientist's home to ki- his name is Dyson, I think, Eric Dyson, and she goes to his home to kill him because he's the man that discovers the Terminator arm from the first film, uh-huh. and then out of that arm, this is where the time travel F's with you, and out of that arm from the first film, they build the entire Cyberdyne Skynet system, which then eventually turns on mankind, and... There's that sequence where they can't find Sarah Connor because she's vanished, and the Terminator and Edward Furlong are talking, and then uh, the Terminator goes, Dyson, and he goes, she's going to blow him away! And then they get on the motorcycle or whatever, and then they go off to the house right as Linda Hamilton is shooting the scientist. And then the scientist, of course, helps them uh, blow up the Cyberdyne Laboratory. I, uh, Terminator 2 is the first rated R movie I ever saw. Really? It is so great. My friend Jenny Key's mom brought us to the Such movie theater. Such a badass film. Yeah, I never told my mom. She would have been so I was in fifth grade. There's really nothing to make it rated R. I mean, it's violence, but it's all kind of cartoon it violence. It was scary at the beginning. Oh, it's with a the, freaky with, film. Yeah, with the like swing sets and like all the like, you know, smoky. And, and then they all turn to paper and blow away. Oh. And then when the guy licks her face while she's asleep. Ew, I don't remember that part. You don't? It, well, she's in the nut I house. need to watch that movie again. It is so good. Have you ever seen the first one? I don't think so. Oh, you got to watch Terminator 1. It's also James Cameron. It's really good. A couple of the effects are a little cheesy now. You know, some of the uh, some of the, the costuming is a, is a little corny. Because it was like 25 years ago. The first Terminator is fantastic and much darker than the second one. Maybe that's a little... I, today's like totally a movie-watching day. I'm going to go uh, swing by a CD game exchange and get some movies. I, I'll buy Terminator. I strongly advise you to watch the first Terminator. It is much darker. Than the second, than Terminator 2. It is. It doesn't have uh, a lot of the sort of humor that the second one has. It's. It's good. It's just. It's very grim. Uh, yeah. Terminator 2 has that sequence where Linda Hamilton is strapped to the bed in the mental home because mm-hmm. she's nutty, and there's the uh, the orderly comes in with a nightstick, and you know uh, she's asleep, and he does that thing of sniffing her, and then he just goes. <laughs> And licks the side of her face. I do. And he's like that, that. big Newman-looking bastard. Uh huh. Yeah. And then she beats his ass later with with the nightstick. So. Oh, uh, so Uma Thurman, Circuit Kill Bill. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, it's a fantastic. Terminator Two is great. Terminator Three, not bad. Not great. Not bad. Pretty downbeat. Uh, Terminator Three is actually way better than it has. Yeah, I just saw the one in the middle. Yeah, Terminator Two is really, really good, and it's just got an amazing car chase, and it's got. I know I'm just gushing, but it's got that. I remember the L.A., like the, um, what's that thing called, like the, the water drainage reservoir culverts. thing? Yeah, yeah the, those um, are really cool. And there's that sequence where the truck breaks through the embankment, or the, the, the wall, the concrete wall on the highway, and goes down into that drainage, the, the flood uh, culvert. All d- dudes, all geeks must gush about James Cameron. It's just like a rule. Uh, but Terminator 2 is so great. Um, I haven't seen it actually in a few years. I mean, I imagine it holds up, because he just makes such great films. I mean, t- uh, Cameron is just so good. Um... Anyway, here's the sequ- here's the little speech. Um, it's what Schwarzenegger says: a revolutionary type of microprocessor. In three years, Cyberdyne will become the largest supplier of military computer systems. All stealth bombers are upgraded with Cyberdyne computers, becoming fully unmanned. Afterwards, they fly with a perfect operational record. The Skynet funding bill is passed. The system goes online on August 4th, 1997. Human decisions are removed from the strategic defense. Skynet begins to learn at a geometric rate. It becomes self-aware at 2.14 a.m. Eastern Time, August 29th. In a panic, they try to pull the plug. Skynet fights back. Yes, it launches missiles against the targets in Russia. Why, Why attack Russia? Aren't they our friends now? Because Skynet knows that the Russian counterattack will eliminate its enemies over here. And then Sarah says, Jesus. And then she vanishes to go shoot what's-his-name. Oh, that's nuts. And what's nuts, and this is why you can't think about it too much, is the time travel aspect. 
because I'm not giving anything away, but... It's like the same thing in Donnie Darko. That's why it gets so confusing. Totally, because the only reason they were able to build the Skynet system is they modeled it on the technology that they found in this metal arm that the Terminator left in the first film. But, of course, if they hadn't built the technology, that arm never would have been sent back in time anyway. At the beginning, it just it screws with you. It just bends oh, your brain Oh, that half. makes my head hurt. Don't, that's what, and, that, and you're sober. I mean, if you're, I mean, if you're just like go home and you just get baked and watch that film, I think it would break your your brain. I've had many of those, you know, after a couple of glasses of wine discussions about Donnie Darko and yeah. how, in fact, how can the airplane, you know, how can right. the engine from the airplane fall when they haven't even flown in the airplane yet? Where does the airplane exactly. come from? Does you know whose lives does he actually save? It's just so yeah. Well, and 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 uh, and I'll tell you this: in the first Terminator, you find out who John Connor's father is, and it just you're just like no, I just you know it's so yeah it's. The fr- I, uh, yeah, the Terminator movies, the first two, and again, the third one's okay. But, uh, but you know, without camera, it's not really the same. It's like a soda without fizz. Uh, so the first two Terminator films are really, really great. And, um, yeah, and the first one is not nearly as amusing as the second one, but it's still good. And it so, doesn't have Edward Furlong. And it. it doesn't have Edward Furlong, but it has Michael Bean, who we love. Uh, so that guy's great. But anyway, yeah, there you go. Uh, what the hell am I doing? What time is it? 120? Well, uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, is this me? Hey. Hey. Yes. Well, I'll take you even one further on the whole time travel thing. It's almost like in uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Right. When Bill and Ted are trying to break out all the uh, historical uh, members from like, prison, and they're like, well, maybe if we can go ahead in time or back in time and, and leave the keys behind this sign. Right. Then they'll be here for us, and they walk over, and, and sure enough, there are the keys. Uh, yeah, boy, in time travel stuff, and this is, I don't want to get too, too into this, because then a bunch of nerds will call up, and they'll yell at me about it, but... Oh, you'll, you'll, I'll hang up now then. No, 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 I'm just saying, you'll you'll hear like these guys who are really, I sound like my dad here, but it is possible to be too smart for one's own good, and so you will see these like long discussions or, or, or like message boards or books where there's like these science nerds who are arguing about time travel and how it is possible. They're like, well, theoretically speaking, time travel is possible. It's just that we would need a quark accelerator that would allow us to travel at the speed of... And, and, and you know, you know well, and, and you'll get these scientists, and I mean real scientists, not like fake, like, like uh, homeopathic scientists, like real PhDs who will say, well, uh, you know, the only reason we can't travel to the future right now is because we lack a sufficient acceleration system that would push us beyond the velocity of light, which is really what is needed for any sort of meaningful time travel. And then I will raise my hand and I'll go, well, can't we just not travel to the future because it hasn't happened yet? And they'll go, shut up! <laughs> and they'll yell at me, don't be stupid! You don't know what you're talking about! And I, so I can't think about it because I always sense, we talked about art earlier this week and how I think that like a lot of art is a scam, that they're just telling me something is brilliant because I know I don't know. I think sometimes, between you and me, scientists say stuff like, well, time travel is possible if we could only figure out how to accelerate fast enough. They say that because they know that we don't know. And so, like, I can't argue against it because I'm dumb. So it's their well, way I mean, just to look, like, even smarter than they already are. It's literally one of the only industries where, where they have the freedom to make up their own terminology Seriously. to explain things and we're in like, a way that we can't understand. And we're like Stephen Hawking. It's Stephen Hawking, who, as a car dealer once said, is a pretty bright guy, where Stephen Hawking at one point was talking about time travel and parallel universes or something, and they said, well, that just doesn't make any sense. That's absurd. How would that be possible? And he came back the next day, and he goes, I know, I know. Uh, but Stephen Hawking said through his voice box, he said, I know there are magical wormholes that link all the parallel universes. And everybody went, oh, okay, yeah, that's well, it. And they sense. wrote it like it was a real answer. 
Yeah, we like, can't disprove it, so it must be true. Yeah, he just kind of, like, he went back and he, you know, they said, how could parallel universes exist and how could you travel between them? He went back home, he came back the next day and he goes, there are wormholes that link all the parallel universes and uh, if you fall into a wormhole, you end up in an alternate reality. And everybody went, oh, that's brilliant. What, a, what an amazing scientist he is. Having just, like, made some crap up, I think. So, you know, whatever. God love him. He makes money at it. So what do you well, I, I, always, I always, you know, tend to believe more in, you know, the wrinkle in time theory, you know, with the whole line of string. Hey. And if you're able to bend that, you know, kind of like in that movie with uh, Tom Cruise, the uh, Minority Report. Yeah. Where he rolls the ball and he catches it and he says, well, just because you caught it doesn't, doesn't mean that ball was not going to fall on the floor. Or like when the Oracle says, um, the Oracle in the Matrix, she goes, what's really going to bake your noodle is later. Would you have caught it if I hadn't mentioned it? Or whatever that she says to Keanu Reeves. Yeah, excellent. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank uh, you. I actually called to talk about Barry oh. Bonds when we got yes. to this. Oh, no, go, go well, take a nap. And... Well, go ahead. Go ahead and say your Barry Bonds thing. Well, I mean, you know, please to correct my ignorance on this issue, but I don't, I don't really understand how, because he lied about taking steroids in a game of baseball, that that makes him liable to up to 30 years in prison. Because I mean, it's not like he was selling, you know, national secrets or anything. Well, understand, I don't really care, and I think anybody in sports ought to be able to take whatever drugs they want. Because uh, what do I? Because you know, cause if you're an, if you're a professional athlete, you abuse your body so much anyway, right. and you're already just decimating your body regardless. And the guy you're playing against is probably also juiced up and just hasn't been caught. So, and you're nobody's forcing you to do it, and you're opting in. So I think. Professional athletes ought to be able to take whatever they want. I don't, really, and I think drugs ought to be legal anyway, and whatever. But my thing is, I think it's because he lied about it in front of a grand jury. And if you Which lie, me to think why? Why is there a grand jury involved? I mean, this is about a, a game. Yeah. No, I'm trying to. You're with me. It's about a game that you know you ought to be able to do whatever you want, and it's about a drug that probably ought to be legal anyway. So I'm with you on that. Exactly. Thank you, sir. All right. One, one more thing. Yes. Sarah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Bye now. All right. There you go. All right, here come the time travel uh, emails. I'm not reading them. I'll read them in the future. <laughs> Thanks. You want some nuts? Yes, more than anything. Not really. I'm okay. Kind of nutted up. I think here. I've had too many. Yeah, I'm all nutted out. Uh, yeah. Hi. <laughs> okay, we're. <laughs> they take the sutures out next week. Um. <laughs> Take a little break here. Back after this, Tim Riley coming up later on. Aaron Geek in the City, Duran, top five, and so forth. You say there, it's the Rick Emerson Show. Rick Emerson radio program coming up later on. Uh, Aaron Geek in the City Duran will be here with his review of Beowulf. Uh, we'll also be playing Who's That Geek uh, for your chance to win a Beowulf gift pack. Or what's being called a Beowulf. Sorry. Be a, a gift pack. That'll be. Beowulf. <laughs> okay. Somebody needs to get uh, to work on making that movie right now. I'm sorry. Peter North is Beowulf. Um, I kill me. Oh, in uh, anyway, so uh, Aaron Duran will be here to talk about Beowulf. There ought to be a Teen Wolf three starring Scott Bayo, and they would call it Teen Wolf three Beowulf. Ah, 
I'm going to keep recycling that joke in various incarnations until it works. Uh, our friend Siegfried will be in to talk about the Grindhouse Film Festival, which is happening uh, this weekend, I believe, at the Hollywood Theater. Uh, also, insert joke here. Apparently, Courtney Love is considering releasing her music for free on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Courtney Love, blah, 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 praised Radiohead's recent decision to let fans choose how much to pay. Uh, considering that Radiohead has a huge following and they found out that 70% of the people paid nothing for that record, I cannot even fathom how low the payment rate would be if Courtney Love were to start giving her... Uh, her music away. Yeah, I don't even really care enough to keep talking about it. Uh, anyway, so Aaron's coming up. I'll talk about the Grindhouse Film Festival. Uh, top five glorious bastard of the week. Uh, we'll give away some of this uh, Beowulf stuff and uh, whatnot. Um, all right, this is Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A violent chain reaction crash. Hose out the westbound lanes of I 84. And I-205 this morning, sending two drivers to the hospital. Multiple cars and at least three semis were involved. One person has traumatic injuries. Uh, apparently, the uh, person uh, taken to the hospital is expected to live, though. In all, three semis and four cars were involved in this wreck. This happened at the westbound ramp of southbound I-205. One of the semis rear-ended a pickup, pushing it into the back of another semi. Then the pickup was entirely mangled, uh. and that driver was seriously injured. They don't know how fast the vehicles are going, but it was raining, and they probably shouldn't have been going that fast. Oh, this is the first I've heard of this one. A plane heading for Vegas from Seattle was diverted to PDX yesterday afternoon after one passenger said a couple tried to join a Mile High Club. Uh-huh. This is a U.S. Airways flight, 1473, leaving Seattle at 2.58, but a pair of unruly passengers caused it to be diverted. It landed in Portland at 5 o'clock. And a spokesman for U.S. Airways said two people were escorted off the plane after a dispute with flight attendants. The people across the aisle from us were fooling around in their seats, and they decided to go to the bathroom and fool around, and then they threatened the flight attendants in one of the passengers named Jessica. U.S. Airways avoided confirming the couple was fooling around, but they did say they were arguing with the crew. Uh, They weren't given a ticket or arrested. But they left in uh, Portland somewhere. The plane continued to Vegas without them. All right. Uh, let's see. Ah, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? Hey. Uh, Terminator observation. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the Terminator 1 camp, uh, and you also mentioned that T2 is the most amusing. i got to have issue with that just because uh, the beginning, the, fir- the first few minutes of T- uh, T1 are just hilarious when he walks up to the badassness of Bill Paxton and the rest of his punk friends and uh, demands their clothes. I need your, is that is, is it T one or T two where he says I need your gun, your boots, and your motorcycle? Uh, that's T two. Okay. But uh, yeah, Wall Street tomorrow. Nothing clean, right? And then uh, oh, the other one. Uh, oh, the second part. The second uh, part of T one that I just love is when he's uh, held up in that hostel that he's staying in, and his flesh is rotting away. And that uh, that janitor comes and knocks on the door and asks him if he. Hey, buddy, you got a dead cat in there or what? And he scrolls through on and his... he scrolls through a bunch of possible answers. I won't say it because it's not good for the radio, but uh, no, that, 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 that one just gets me every time. There is a really great scene, and I've heard that sampled, by the way, on, on a bunch of albums. Uh, yeah, where the, the Terminator is in his, in his flophouse room fixing his face or whatever because he's been all mangled. And the... Yeah, and his, and his like, fake flesh is rotting. And so the, the landlord is like... You know, yeah, you got a dead cat in there, whatever. And so, the, and it shows from the Terminator's perspective his like computer screen. You know, like inside his head, it shows like his his computer heads-up display. And his central processing unit is bringing up possible responses to the landlord, like yeah. yes, 
no, what are you talking about? I don't understand. And at the bottom is like, F you, a-hole. And, yeah. like, that one gets highlighted and the cursor blinks on it and he goes, F you, a-hole. Yeah. So, and, fantastic. And uh, kind of something else. Anyway, I, I won't waste your time. All right. Thank you, sir. Later. All right, yeah, and he punches. You don't like Bill Paxton, right? No. Here's why, then here's why you need to see Terminator. Because he's, he's in it for, like, 30 seconds at the beginning, and Arnold punches a hole clean through his stomach and out his back. And, I, and like, like right through him and, like, lifts him up with it and, like, throws him off of it. And then he's dead. So there you go. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Uh, Portland police sergeant under investigation for allegedly inappropriate relationship with a prostitute has resigned from the police bureau and given up his police certification. He's Sergeant David Howe. He's 51 years old. He was, off, he was off duty when he picked up a prostitute in Southeast. Uh, they placed Howe, Howe? On, Howe <laughs> on paid administrative leave. By simply signing the papers. I, I, it seems like there ought to be more comedy there than there is. His name is Howe, and he picked up a prostitute, and he's been suspended. It seems like I ought to be able to make a little bit more of that Miss Me out of that. Um, Here's a little more comedy from the joke papers. Okay. India's new Chrysler High School will drop Chrysler from its name. Well, I don't know why kids don't think being associated with Chrysler is cool. Maybe I'll ask my grandmother when she picks me up in her PT Cruiser. Well, I barely knew her. Oh, we, we just went two different ways on that. Okay. A Malaysian car company is working with companies in Iran and Turkey to build Islamic cars. The car maker name... Is this a setup to another joke? No. They, oh. It's a true story. Okay. They plan to team up with companies in Iran and Turkey to produce Islamic cars. The collaboration would include installing features in automobiles such as a compass to determine the direction of Mecca for prayers. Are you kidding me? No. Okay. And uh, compartments were storing the Koran and headscarves. Uh, what they, the Iranianese, want to do is call this an Iranian car. Uh, the car would have all the Islamic features and should be meant for export services. We will identify the car as uh, we can develop it and produce it in Malaysia. The specific details of the car have not yet been released. You know, you know, this it's just. Uh, I'm sorry, this is not a sort of to a joke, but I do, I do wonder then if there could be a, some sort of a booming market in some sort of a Muslim take on uh, the plastic Jesus song. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. some sort of where you have like a plastic Allah. Mm-hmm. How, what rhymes with Allah? Fala la la la. Nothing rhymes with Allah. Maybe that's why there's no good Muslim uh, uh, country songs that I'm aware of. Well, I'm just saying I'm not aware of any good uh, country Western Muslim songs because nothing rhymes with Allah. Hmm. Allah, Nala, Wawa, Baba. I guess you're correct. I, I, there will be no plastic. Uh, I guess it wouldn't be plastic Jesus. Plastic, no, I can't think plastic of Muhammad. What Does anything rhyme with Muhammad? I'm sure there's something. <laughs> If we put our Do we just kind of substitute different letters and... Mamamabad. <laughs> Jogabad. Okay, that's, I got nothing. It, right. No, this, this is a bad bit. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> all, another joke? <laughs> Can it be, please? Jesus. All right. Uh, let's see here. Now, People Magazine has given its 2007 Sexiest Men Alive title to Matt uh, Dillon. Well, that's got to come as a surprise to the skinny white dude I saw at Walmart. With the gel spiky hair and the try-too-hard rapper outfit whose shirt said that he was the sexiest man alive. That's the end of the jokes. Oh. <laughs> it's on the joke sheet. Uh, I have one more left. Tim's no. having a really good hair day again today. He really is. Your hair is fantastic today, Tim. I'm, not trying, to, my I'm not trying to be silly. You're, you're, you're having a really good hair day. Mm-hmm. It looks sort of... 
It looks, what it sort of... <laughs> Indeedly. That man. I'm uh, too old for a young gal in her 20s. <laughs> you the pump. Well, maybe we can... That'd be like incest for family. Can... Oh, I was just going to make... I was going to make... Don't make any awkward things. No, it wasn't going to be about you. Or him. <laughs> I was going to be about... I was... No, I'm not going to say it. Oh, well, you can't say... Oh, never mind. I'm not going to say it. No, okay, I, turn off your mic. Some, here's, here's what I, I was going to say. I have some jokes about Asians here that shouldn't offend anyone. There's... Hold on. Here's what I was going to say. I was going to say... Maybe we should get somebody. Oh. I don't know that I can She's see. expressed interest um, in somebody here. She told me about it when she was drunk one night. Somebody here? Mm-hmm. What do you mean here? Like in the building? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. She's like, why not, Sarah? He's so handsome. Oh, really? Uh-huh. That's a bad idea. And then they disappeared for a couple hours. Are you? Does he still work here? Yeah. He does. we got to stop this now. <laughs> You can't work in sales. We though. have to stop this now. We're we're ending this now because otherwise it's just going to become rampant speculation, and then it's all going to go bad. What age age range would this person be? I, I don't know. Somewhere between twenty and fifty. How about that, Jack Klugman? Hey, this is what Richie just typed on the screen. Jack Klugman book signing, by the way, was in Powell's of November two thousand five. <laughs> Do you have a time machine? I will find him. That's good. way to tie like three different things together. Well done, Richie. No, no, this is the new book. No, but he's saying that the lot. Oh, did he, what, what book did he put out in 2005? Richie, please come to the studio. I'm just, I'm too tired to, to, to just do all this long distance. Richie Bristol, uh, was it Richie Bristol? That, don't tell me. I don't want to know. Uh, hi, Richie Bristol. How are you? Good. Are you hey. talking about Andy and me? Was that the book? Oh, I thought you were talking oh. about something else. I was oh, did, did you and Andy disappear for a couple hours somewhere at oh. the Christmas party? Oh, oh. oh. okay, I get it. The tie-in. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Let's stop. Everybody quit talking now. What about you and Andy, Richie? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, Jack Klugman, was it Powell's November 2005? Yes. Andy and Me. What was his book, Andy? Was it Andy Griffith or something? I don't know. Andy and Me, the book. Do you, Tim, do you see uh, uh, Andy and Me on Jack Klugman's uh, bibliography? That one. This is uh, Tony and Me. Oh, Tony and Me. Okay. I, uh, Jesus, i got to pull up a chair again. I'm getting old. This is wearing me out. Let's stop. Jack Klugman, Tim, just put out a book when called what? According to this, Monday, November 21st. Of what year? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we found the flaw. The 21st is actually Wednesday. You're right. But I originally got some other information that he was going to be here next week. When you say you got information, was this just like another voice in your head saying it? <laughs> now I get to go back Jack to Jack will be here next week. <laughs> I'm not giving up this easily. <laughs> are you? We will get Jack Klugman. We're going to go to his house and we are going to chain him up and drag him here. Whether or not he's going to be here Monday, Jack Klugman should have him on the air. Well, you you got the hookup on the interview stuff, Richie. You could probably find him. I'm looking. What's he? I mean, he's probably not doing a whole lot these days. He's just chilling and being Jack Klugman. Yes, uh, his publicist is out of Portland. Well, really, West Lynn. Well, you will. Can you? Can, you should get on that. I've been trying. Okay. Well, God bless you. No, no, no. I'm not trying to criticize. I'm just saying you are. You look. I'll tell you this. You have been uh, already amazingly productive at getting us folks uh, hooked up on this show. I won't say who. I don't want to tip our tip the hand. This won't mean a lot to like Sarah and Tim probably. But yesterday you were talking to me about a potential interview that will be very cool to a lot of guys in the audience. Oh yeah. It's uh, it's <laughs> like Sarah probably doesn't even know who it is, and Tim probably doesn't. I do. 
Uh, and a lot of guys will be into this uh, this person that I think you are going to get an interview with. So, uh, sweet. So, uh-huh. no, Richie, Richie, I'm the man. I'm not done yet. Oh, okay. I'm not done here yet. Oh. <laughs> it says, mm-hmm. Jack Klegman will be in the area. See? What area? What year? 2007. <laughs> 2007. Where does it say this, and what area are they referring to? Not pals. <laughs> okay, I'm right. But he's autographing books. Where? At the Fur Ridge High School on Market Street in Portland. When? 7 o'clock. <laughs> There's Monday night, November How are those bifocals working out for you? Uh-huh. I'm, I'm correct. He's just not going to be at Powell's. He's going to be here Monday night, the 19th, at Fur Ridge High School. Doors I, open at 6.30. I believe that Tim has magical powers and just made that happen. I think so. I think you wheeled him into existence like some sort of weird odd couple Beetlejuice. Yeah, see, that? Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. I'm going to let you and Richie kind of work that out here. So, so Richie. Okay. He will be we, in Portland. I'm going to let you and Richie As work. As I said earlier, Monday night. Let me augment this statement. At the Fur Ridge High School. Hello. Doors open at 6.30. The event starts at 7. Hi. Jack Clayman, the star of the Odd Couple in Quincy. <laughs> I told you so. You got me. <laughs> You're not crazy. <laughs> for the book that's would, been out for three years. You see, I could have given up. <laughs> I could have given up. That's, where, that's really what, what, makes you, that's what makes you distinct, Tim Riley. I had to make this happen. So here's the thing. We we said his name three times, and suddenly he's at Fur Ridge. Where is Fur Ridge Fur High Ridge? School? It is at... Is it like Porridge? It is at 11215 Southeast Market Street in Portland. So it must be on the east side somewhere. Fur Ridge. 11215 Southeast Market Street, Portland, F- Oregon. F-U-R. USA. It's <laughs> 112th in the Milky Way Galaxy. So here's what we're going to do. Richie? Yeah. You and Tim, off, no, no, stop. You, <laughs> you, you and Tim get together off mic. I don't see what, what we have to get together for. Richie's going to get the information from you. We're going to make sure that it's correct. I'm going to print this off, Richie. Okay. All right. So I don't lose it again. I knew I was right all along. Tim has gone bonkers. <laughs> you really are disproportionately His hair's interested. Like all huge and like, look I'm it. getting a haircut this week. You got to have a Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> Molly, I'm going to get you Jack Clarkman. So, all right. Let's walk in out of the Rick Emerson Show from Miles Around, Saturdays 9 to 11. Uh, as described in one of our programmos, it is vehicular vernacular or something like that. Dennis Pittsenbarger, hi. Uh, how are you? I'm okay. I'm a little worn out from all this clugmanizing we're doing. I've never seen Tim smile so giddily. <laughs> well, no, because he, pr- he was proven correct. His information was accurate. When has, when has Tim not been correct? I, I mean, let's, come, let's be real. Even uh, if he's yeah. not correct, don't you just tell him he's correct? Well, I don't really know any better than Tim most of the time, so... You know, really, it's not like I'm anybody to be correcting anyone. And, you know, you're sitting here getting frustrated. It kind of makes the Jankum song I sang, sang last week uh, seem kind of normal, oh, doesn't man. it? And I managed to forget that. All I'm right. sorry. Yeah. I won't. I will, I will not. I have a second verse. Please don't sing, sing it now it. or I will, ever. I will not Put that on your album as a B-side. I Put that on the box set. I My album doesn't have oh, All right. Oh, we got to call Scotty. Um Let's do that now during your segment. Talk about Miles Around this weekend. What's coming up on your car program? And then you can make fun of Scotty with us. Oh, excellent. Um, we're actually going to be uh, talking about one of the uh, tidbits of news that I got. There's actually, Have you heard about the hydrogen vehicles that GM has built? Yeah, they're like a million dollars, aren't they? Well, no, not so much that. It's a test pattern. Now, well, I come to find out that there's actually one of these hydrogen vehicles in the city of Portland. And I will be damned if I cannot track that thing down. There's a family that is supposed to, if you can believe this, they're paid 
paid a salary to drive 300 miles a day in a hydrogen-powered vehicle to prove that the vehicle is a long-term solution to fossil fuels. This so, sounds fake. This sounds like a no. Argument. I am not. I am not kidding. A. I spent some time with the people from GM down in California here a few months ago, and they were supposed to make these vehicles just for LA and the surrounding areas. They actually brought one up to Portland, which, of course, my comment was, well, why wouldn't you put one in Portland being kind of the green, yeah, yeah, you know, forward-thinking very... city that it is? Exactly. So we're going to, I am going to be, I'm going to, I've spent a few hours today. I mean, well, no, let me rephrase that. I was at work. I've spent some time off. On your off time when CBS isn't paying On you. my off time trying to track this vehicle down because I really want to find out who the family is because I want to interview them. I want to know what it's like to drive these vehicles because hydrogen is, it could be the next generation of automobiles. That now they always, I thought that doesn't BMW or somebody sell those in Germany? Aren't they well, pretty common made, in Germany? They made a seven series that was with hydrogen, and it was you know it was like a million dollars. And they have these Chevy Equinoxes that they joked about with us. You know, yeah, sure we could build them, but they'd all be a quarter million dollars. But that's the thing. This this potentially this vehicle could be something that could be sold for though still expensive. There were fifty thousand dollar mark, and basically joking aside. Put your garden hose in the tank, drive off. No, you know, no fluorocarbon. Now you no always emissions. hear that that, that 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 is possible, but that the car industry, like you know, the fuel industry, will never let it happen. It's well, like you always hear that there's a battery in a warehouse somewhere that runs for a billion hours that like they will never let hit the market. Oh, I, I totally believe that's true. I mean, I'm I'm the first person to say I love fossil fuels. I love cars that make a lot. I of love noise. fossil fuels. Well, I mean, you know <laughs> what I mean. That is a shirt you ought to wear around Portland. I heart fossil fuels. Well, no, because I don't like getting beat up that much. I'm You're just a big saying, guy. You could take anybody. Well, I could let anybody who's going to attack you over that shirt, I could beat up. Well, All that's right? true. Yeah, I mean, it is, I'm not going to go that totally way. Totally wear that shirt. Six, I will buy it if you wear it. Six patchouli stinking hippies. I'm just saying. Sticks, you let me know. I'll pay for that just so I can watch you wear it. I, I I will wear that. I'll do right. uh, you know like the uh, like Scotty down. Uh, he wants to see the baby movie, but. You know, the the thing is, is I love fossil fuels in the way that I love, like, muscle cars and performance automobiles and all that. But Pratt & Miller just built a Corvette that had 700 horsepower and got 45 miles a gallon of gas. So it's it's all relevant. The, the future is coming. It's much like the Internet, you know, like... Some people just think it's still a, a, a snake-infested place full of tubes. Um, it is a technology, you know, that the whole George Bush yes. thing. Don't look at me like that. No, no, no. Um, I'm just saying that I'm starting to not be so anti-everything but just good old-fashioned gasoline. So it's just one of those things I'm... I'm uh, evolving myself. But we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the new Jeep Grand Cherokee, speaking of alternative fuels, with the diesel in it, which is kind of cool. Um, Joe Cassavetti in the room next to us over there is really hyped about that vehicle. And it is the last race in the NASCAR season. So 267 laps decide the uh, NASCAR Nextel Cup Series. I know you're not the biggest NASCAR guy, but it's coming. Really? Steve, think. Imagine. Uh, we got a, hey, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir or madam, as the case may be. Hello. Yeah, is this an internal combustion or a hydrogen fuel cell engine? Wait, hold on. Before he starts talking about that, let me go hit myself in the head with a blunt object five or six hundred times. I got oh, I'm sorry. He doesn't even have I got, any headphones, I got no headphones on. He wants to know: Is this what did you? What was your question, sir? Was a hydrogen car? Is it a hydrogen fuel cell or is a it, hydrogen internal? Is it combustion? a hydrogen fuel cell or hydrogen internal combustion engine? That's hydrogen a fuel cell. Hydrogen fuel cell. Okay, so right. because the BMW is internal combustion. Because the BMW is internal combustion. Yes, that I was. Feel like, I feel like Ann Sullivan. I should have uh, like a one percent joke. I'm sorry. 
All right, and we're done. All right. I well. should have brought some headphones. I'm sorry. No, it's a it's a fuel cell vehicle. It's, right. it's you know if you're if you're into saving the earth on that level, it's a cool thing. <laughs> you say it all dismissively. If you're into saving the planet. And well, no, you're right though, Rick. Shenanigans. Well, you made, your comment about you know the the car companies not letting that happen. Well, yeah, it's like you it's like you've always heard that there was somewhere in the Ark of the Covenant warehouse there's like a, a tire that you can put in your car that will last forever. And you think, well, even if that existed, like why would they ever put it on the market? Well, they won't. And and that's the thing is until you get some people that are forward-thinking in those positions, which some of the companies are starting to come around. I mean, it, you can even put it in a local level. If you owned 100 gas stations, Rick, and you were making $5 million a year, and all of a sudden your business was going to be basically built into new 7-Elevens right. around the town, right. uh, that's it. I mean, it's like the only, like, MP3s have done that to the record industry, and the only way that got out is because just some dude somewhere released it all onto the Internet. I mean, if it was up to the record companies, do you think MP3 ever would have come out? No, no and that's the difference not. between being, you know, the Sir Richard and thinking forward or being Tower Records and being gone. Exactly. Uh, all right, Dennis Pitsenbarger, miles around 9 to 11 this Saturday, immediately uh, following Car and Driver Radio, immediately preceding Tasting Room with Tom Likas. That's true. We'll see you there. Excellent. Thank you, sir. There you go. No Jacob song. Uh, thank you. This email says, Rick, I was looking into Scotty J's new company this week, and I am confused. It appears to be sort of a headhunter company where they match companies with highly skilled professionals in the technical field. Yet the employment, uh, yet the company only has one employee other than the owner. Unemployment company with no employees. I am confused. <laughs> I miss Scotty. Please keep a spot open for him on the show just in case. So uh, there you go. Uh, do you have his number? Yes, I do. We should call him. Let's call him right now real quickly, and then we'll take a break. Come back with uh, Aaron Duran, more of Tim Riley. Oh, we got to call the low about yesterday's vodka drop uh, to Jim Roop and um, uh, no, Lisa, Richie, Lisa I'm calling Scotty. Reggie, don't, yeah, just, yeah. We do this, we have a weird shared phone thing here. Do you want me to hang it up and pick it back up? What's happening? Oh, did you dial it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, if he doesn't answer, this is going to be really anticlimactic. No, except they'll get to hear his retarded greeting. You've reached Scotty J. Oh, yeah. You've reached Scott at TechTal. Oh. I can't get to your call at the moment, He's but we'll be sure to return your away his remaining bits possible. of personality. Or you can try to reach me at the corporate office, 503. I'll bleep. Yeah, thanks. All right. Great day. At the tone, well, please record so your sad. message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. And I uh, saw your website on the Internet, and I'm a highly skilled professional. I could really use somebody to place me in the service industry. I'm definitely, I'm looking for a job in the high-tech field. I have many years of experience, and uh, I have several <laughs> degrees. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I was just trying to pretend to be a housewife and be like, Bob, let the cat out. <laughs> Hi, Scotty. Uh, or I'm sorry, Scotty. Scott. Uh, oh, I feel so bad for you. You can just sense, like, how... Well, maybe you're happy. Do you think he's happy? No. Are you happy? Your greeting sounds so bereft of life and joy, Scott. I miss your old e. greeting. Yeah. I was looking forward to that. You've reached Scotty G. Now nobody will know that that we were actually telling the truth. Nope. Well, all right. Well, in any event, uh, hey, so, uh, you dick, you never got back to me about Loverboy. Uh, we we had, I, we may be gone now, we had have the chance to uh, interview Mike Reno from Loverboy, and by we, I mean you, you jerk. So uh, give us a call back, and... Uh, Hope that whole not making any money at your new job thing has turned around a little bit. Well. Yeah, we still have okay. an hour, so if you get that's before three calls back. Yes. And, uh, and, and look, and I'll be, you know, just in case, look, if you decide this isn't for you, if you decide it's not going to work out, if you decide that maybe you chose poorly, just know uh, that your job has been filled. All right. Thanks. Bye.
All right. There you go. Uh, well, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to hold out false hope. All right. Uh, well, we should take a break here. Yes. When we come back, Aaron Duran will play Who's That Geek uh, for some uh, Beowulf gift packs. Uh, later on, Tim Riley and top five, top five show tunes to which Aaron Duran queens out when no one is around. There you go. And here's the Dry County Crooks. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Stay there. Hoping she'd be true to me. That tune fun, it was drunk sincerity. Fantastic. And I like how he ends it like a soul man. The Scanned Funding Billet Pals. That is Charles. We can also have Lauren. Is Lauren a man or a woman? I think Lauren might be a revolutionary type of microprocessor. In three years, Cyberdyne will become the largest supplier of military computer systems. All stealth bombers are upgraded with Cyberdyne. Is this the Marley voice? Becoming fully unmanned. Her voice is afterwards. Yeah. They fly with the perfect operational record. The Skynet funding billion. Well, that's pack. creepy. Okay, you're freaking me out. <laughs> oh, that, that is creepy. That's really freaking me out. What is the creepiest thing you can have this computer voice say? That should be our high concept topic the oh, next time we do it. Oh, brilliant. Don't call about it now. But it has to be in her voice. Don't call now. What is her name? Um, Lauren. Lauren. Okay, later, uh, not today probably, we'll do a high concept topic. Creepy, All right, I have mine. Creepiest thing to have Lauren say. Give us an example, Sarah. Would you like to see my puppy? Puppy. <laughs> what is what? <laughs> Oh, I thought she said potty. No, my puppy. Play it again, please. Never mind. It sounded funnier in my head. Play it again, Lauren. Would you like to see my puppy? <laughs> my puppy. Poppies. <laughs> All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Radio Program from geekinthecity.com and filmfeverradio.com. Am I playing the sounder or are you? I don't have his sounder. Really? I thought it was over there. I'll have to put that in the system. So are Wait, you? I've got it. Shut up. Let's, uh... Hold me. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you going to play something? Yeah. Aaron Geek in the City. Hold me. Like he did by the lake on the boo. Do you suppose James Earl Jones knew how dumb that was when he did it? Oh, he absolutely When he's did. behind the microphone going, Really? No? <laughs> you were okay. not you were not Hakeem. No and he was just going, Jesus God. This is the this is the dumbest I was the voice of CNN. Oh, by the way, Beowulf tickets. Oh, let me, you guess, Rick. Let me I I'm just I'm, before I I get to interrupt this though. Um very quickly, I've been asked to tell the Glorious Bastards this. We sent out a little, uh, not secret, but, you know, a, a Glorious Bastards only update this morning, giving away tickets to Beowulf and IMAX. Uh, Beowulf tickets are all gone. Please quit bothering Dave Zinn. That is, that I'm not, that, that is just the way it's been passed along to me. Please stop calling the gatekeeper. The tickets are gone. He uh, did look a little haggard when I came in. Well, you know, there's like... <laughs> He scares me when he starts to get a little um, mad. Yeah, he is freaky. He's Bruce Banner. And, and, and you know, there's like over a thousand, uh, I think we passed a thousand and like 1,400 Glorious Bastards a while back. And we sent a thing out saying like, hey, first come, first serve, Beowulf tickets, call Dave's in. And I mean, <laughs> 1,400 people decide to start calling one phone number. That will make you a little haggard. So the tickets uh, the tickets have been have been used. They're gone. Um, so thanks for your enthusiasm. Now leave Dave's in alone. Leave Dave's in alone! Let's also welcome our good friend Siegfried. Zig <laughs> that is freaking me out. Siegfried doesn't have headphones, so he can't hear it. Jesus. You can't freak out Siegfried, though. Oh. You know that. You can't kill the grimace. <laughs> Siegfried, hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, Siegfried, sure. film enthusiast, historian, film worker. Don't get film, the microphone, Siegfried. Whatever. Just, yeah, just get, get, right right up, up get it right up on that thing. All right. That's at your chest. Okay. No, like, like, like you can lift it up. You can lift it. Okay. You can touch it. All right. I just... 
Hey, so uh, so Grindhouse. So you've been uh, coming on to whore the Grindhouse thing for a few years now, and there's this interesting thing where the, the first couple years, like a lot of people, and really I think even me, didn't really had ever heard the word Grindhouse. And then there was the Grindhouse movie, the you know the Tarantino Rodriguez thing. And so now we are living in a post Grindhouse the film era. But this is not this is not is this classic old Grindhouse stuff or is this like new? Do they still make movies? Like, are there new films that qualify as Grindhouse? I mean, well, the the current Grindhouse movie that came out with Rodriguez and Tarantino, mm-hmm. of course, that's very much the style of it. And uh, and if there's any movies that are kind of like that, like I want to say, like Black Snake Moan could be right. considered like a, a kind of an exploitation kind of film. And uh, but uh, yeah, the, the Grindhouse is just such a huge genre that it's like it spans uh, from you know samurai vengeance to martial arts and to spaghetti westerns. All those it, it encompasses that, and it's just kind of it's kind of like it's just like a state of cool. It's just there's just really cool. And they're kind of sleazy, but in a cool sort of way. Yeah, you wanna you wanna you know come to these uh, shows with like a, you know after you've been to like a like a really nasty billiards and and uh, <laughs> have you eaten haggis and beer all night? Yeah, a lot, a lot of no, like the worst beer, the worst cigarettes, you know, something like super menthol, so nasty that you just come in that you're just. Because this thing, it's like the two girls, one cup of uh, film festivals. <laughs> okay, oh. I, do I can't? I guess it's I should, really not. Should actually. I let it go? <laughs> and no. that's not saying anything. It's not. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess, Jesus. Well, we made it a point to never. Okay. Well, Did right you see RuPaul <laughs> say it on television the other day? On Fox News, RuPaul was being interviewed on Fox News and gave out the full URL on Fox News. Whoa, whoa! A yeah. big ass drag queen. Giving out that URL on Fox News. It was so glorious. Nice. With Bill O'Reilly just quickly totally. writing it down. Bill O'Reilly. Does it have flop? Does it have, I was just going to say, is there a loofah? Um, so, so now, what is the difference between, I know that we're splitting hairs here, but what is the difference between a Grindhouse film and just like a B movie, like a Roger Corman movie? I don't know. It's, uh, to, to me, it's like the Grindhouse has like this cool factor with it. I mean, there's, there's many like, I don't know, just the, the, you just go in there that you're, you become like intoxicated with the eyes. It's just, the visuals are just amazing. And they just kind of over, they just steps over the top um, with what they have. For example, like uh, we have a double feature on Saturday night, which is two zombie movies. One's uh, zombie, and the next one is uh, which is a shark versus a zombie, which is like the pinnacle. Uh, I am so there. It's All badass. Right. When is that? Saturday, Saturday night. Saturday night. And that's what we'll, let's up top tell people this is this is the Hollywood Theater. Yes, Hollywood, Hollywood Theater. Theater. Grindhouse Home Festival, fourth year that we've been doing it, and uh, zombie versus shark. Yes. Have you seen Black Sheep? Black Sheep? I haven't seen that one the yet. Zombie, the zombie I've seen the trailer, but... Did yeah. you like that Yeah, Black Sheep is fantastic. Yeah. So you and I differ, because I really liked Fido, but I didn't so much like Black Oh, I didn't like Fido at all. Fido was kind of boring. Yeah. I kind of liked it. In your face, Sarah. <laughs> uh, it's opinions. It was yeah. really cool looking, the, like, just, and also having the, what's his name, the actor, uh, uh, the great the guy. Uh, Scottish actor, uh... Yeah, as Fido, he was great. Okay, so when, so when, uh, so uh, when does this all start? Is it tonight or is it tomorrow? It's uh, Saturday night and Sunday night. Okay. And Saturday night has a double feature, which is really great. You get your really your money's worth. Um, we got horrible trailers in between. Um, and uh, it's just like, for example, we have uh, the fr- like first up on uh, Saturday night we have uh, Snake in the Eagle Shadow, which is uh, um, like uh, Jackie Chan's one of his first movies, and it's directed by Wu Ping. And then um, then at seven o'clock we have. Uh, we have Zombie, and uh, which is part of a double feature, Zombie and Demons. And Demons is one of my favorite zombie movies. If you haven't seen it, it's just great. It's zombies in a movie theater. 
Yeah, just, just okay. Demons is messed up because the way they film Demons is it's almost all filmed in the first person. It's filmed with the intention to be watched in the theater. So as you see the demons attack and rip apart the people in the theater, you're there with It's them. like a first-person perspective. It's like a first-person perspective. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's F. And it's produced by uh, Argento, uh-huh. which, and it's just over-the-top gore. Yeah, Argento's okay. always just so over-the-top. And so this is just spectacular. It's just And it's just a great double feature to have. Um, and, yeah, uh, like the the um, in the movie theater of Demons, it's just it's just amazing and it almost feels like a Rocky Horror Picture Show like things are happening around you and to be in that like Hollywood theater to kind of it's kind of like inter- it almost feels like it's interactive like you're, you're like right like Aaron was saying like first person it's it's really spectacular okay more so, freighting limbs and gore and yes. so that is Saturday and then uh, well then also Saturday at 11 o'clock it's not part of the double feature but then mm-hmm. they're also going to be showing a cleaned up print of Black Belt Jones starring yeah. Jim Kelly and all the, the prints are 35 millimeters so they're but uh, Black Belt Jones is 16 millimeter which is Really great, uh, like a really great print of that. Very cool. All right, is there like is there a website for this? Um, yes, it's grindhousefilmfest.com. Grindhousefilmfest.com uh, this Saturday and Sunday at the Hollywood Theater. And then on Sunday night, there's this great movie called that's one of my favorite martial arts. It's my favorite martial arts film. It's uh, and that's really hard to say. Yeah. But it's a really fun film. It's called Crippled Avengers. And um, it's, like, these people who are fighting, like, some are missing arms, some are missing legs. One guy gets so beat up that he's kind of mentally retarded, and he has his own style of fighting. So it's, like, retarded style? Yeah, it's, like, quirky just trying to fight, and it's just amazing. It's just, it's so good, and it's Shaw Scope, so um, it's the Shaw Brothers, so it's just the level of of uh, just, um, like, just detail in the, in the film is just spectacular. Really All right. Great. So, uh, so it's spectacular thirty times. Jeez. Really, if you're if you're uh, drunk or just deranged, this is the film festival for you. So that is uh, so it's uh, grindhouse grindhousefilmfest.com, uh, and then it is all weekend at the Hollywood Theater. Correct. Excellent. Fantastic. All right. Um, well, let's do a couple of these calls here, uh, and then we'll take a break, and uh, we'll come back. So Aaron's gonna be talking about Beowulf. Yes, I will. Uh, and then you've got the. Top five show tunes to which you queen out when no one is looking. I've got a new title. All right, what is the new title of the top five? I think it's meant to be read by Tim, so let's see. The top five greatest show tunes that Aaron queens out to when he doesn't think anybody is watching or has had one too many cocktails. Fantastic. Alias, longest top five name ever. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, is it me? Yes, it is you. I just wanted to call. I don't know if this is my segment, but Garbage Pail Kids. I'm going through all my stuff. I found uh, Rock and Rick. And Sickly Sarah. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, Rock and Rick is eating a bat sandwich. Of course. With ketchup. Oh, because he's Ozzy Osbourne. And, yeah. it, it, and Sickly Sarah is disgusted over a can of soup. Okay. Uh, not too far from the truth. Did you now, when you say, are these still uh, affixed to the bat? In other words, this isn't the stickers that have been peeled off. Is them still on the card? One is peeled off. One's right. on the card. Boy, you know, i got to tell you this. When I was in there, I was about, uh, I would say, 11 years old, maybe, when Garbage Pail Kids, really, when they first came out. And, was, and it was like, a, and there was no internet, obviously, so it was a thing that was sort of whispered from kid to kid. Let me see, this is the Garbage Pail Kids. And it was, and the amount of time and mental energy that I put into my Garbage Pail Kid collection is really staggering. Because, and it was, it spread virally, it really did, because there was the first series with, like, Adam Bomb and all those guys, and then there was the second series, 
And if you could find a garbage pail kid that you, whose name you shared, you know, like if there was a Ricky or an Aaron or a whatever, is there an Aaron garbage Awful pail? Awful Aaron. Awful third, Aaron. Yeah. yeah. Junk and Judy. Yeah. And uh, I've got my own too. And then there was the third series, and the deal is, and people don't maybe you don't remember this about the garbage pail kids, and this is why I was dateless all through high school because I know all of this. Each garbage pail kid uh, card, in other words, each picture had two different names. So there was like. Um, the garbage pail kid who was in fact the logo which is a a kid holding a video game controller and he's pushing the red button and his head is exploding he was adam bomb and i think he was also warhead ned yeah occasionally and they started this later on in the second and third series you heard these rumors these whisperings on the playground that there were triplets and that was a third variation on the same card and it was never listed you would some of the cards had these checklists on the back that named all the garbage pail kits so you could collect them triplets were sort of secret cards that were put into packs where it was one of the it was a third name for a card but you only ever knew it existed if you found it because it we found it because it wasn't listed on any of the lists God damn, I'm stupid. Is that kind of like the same urban legend where if you had a Tootsie Pop rapper with the Indian shooting the star, you got I a free one? I totally yes. now, but see, but I still get excited when I get mm. those. But the Garbage Pail Kid thing actually wasn't an urban legend because I had one of the triplets, and it was not listed. It was, uh, I think her name was Crystal Gales, and it was like a girl turned into an icicle who was shattering. And I think it was Crystal Gales was that one, and it was not listed on any of the uh, on any of the, on any of the so cool. rundowns. Yeah, and of course, you know, I gave them all away. Yes, because I'm a nitwit. All right, excellent. Thank you for this trip down memory lane, Judy. Well, certainly, I kind of, it's a little bit of self-exploitive. I was hoping to maybe trade those, bring them down for, um, take my son to some Beowulf. I'm Nurse Judy. I take care of God's special kids. Oh, yeah. You guys are special Um, people. I, um... Uh, just well, with, I'll tell you what, they'll be sent to you regardless. I was going to say, here's, here's the thing, and I, and I really would have to, to check in. I, I'm, uh, A, I don't know if we have any more Beowulf tickets, because oh. I think, I think, and I, I was just saying the little announcement about this, I think they are, in fact, all gone. Um, so, uh, totally cool. Well, do me a favor. Uh, drop me an email. No promises. And I think, I think CBS looks, uh, I think they frown upon us giving things away in exchange for other stuff. Can I ask one quick one? What yes. happened with the sofa? Uh, I think we found some uh, listener who's actually going to give us money for that, which is it's doubly satisfying because, A, I'm going to get rid of the sofa on my couch, and, B, there was this uh, friend of Lara's who was like, you know, we paid like $250 for the couch. This friend of Lara's like, I'll give you 120 bucks for it, ha, ha, ha. And so now we get to call her up and tell her to, to uh, eat one. So uh, that'll be uh, satisfying. The best of days to all of you. Thank you. Bye. Bye now. All right. Yeah, in the old days, I could just trade all kinds of stuff for things like that. Oh, yeah. Give me some stuff, and I'll give you radio station swag. <laughs> now that's the sort of thing that you have to be, sign big documents saying you won't do it. Uh, let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Oh, my God, man. You don't even know from Garbageville Kids. I've got, like, the first four series, like, in mint condition. I've got some triplets. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, I just, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I was just like, oh, my God, I totally... No, uh, it's great. It's, uh, it's, I mean, I had I had all of them. And, of course, the first season, uh, series of Garbage Pail Kids, I think, you could turn them over on their face, and you would it would make a big poster of that Adam Bomb. Yeah, the giant yeah, Adam Bomb. Yeah, which is, which is fantastic. And I, and let me ask you this. Every single yep. person, and I think this is probably still the case with baseball cards, although I don't even know if kids still collect baseball cards or if it's just an adult thing I now. I think it's mainly an adult thing now. I don't yep. see many kids that but do it, that. It had that great, terrible gum that, like, shattered when you tried to eat. It was like a strip of pig gum, yeah. and you would bite into it, and it would kind of go, and just splinter away in your mouth. Once in a while, you can go to a flea market and find, like, an unopened pack, and yeah. I'm always tempted, like, I'm going to eat the gum. They have Garbage Pail Kids <laughs> at CD Game Exchange, actually. Yeah, because they have new ones. And they started reissuing them. Sarah, right? did you collect Garbage Pail Kids? No. She's too oh. young. Did you collect any card-based... Like, did they have, like, gem cards or some crap? 
No. All right. So I think it is a guy thing. I think they try to market it to girls. Really yeah, work. yeah, but it was just more things with girls, I think, than yeah. guys. Like, I didn't have really have a collection of anything. And I think guys are more of a collectors than women are. I think guys are, it's like an anal retentive completist. It's a hunter-gatherer. Guy, kick, yeah, totally. In. Yeah, totally. It's a, I must collect all. So. Someday I will retire on these cards. <laughs> yes. The ones that were oh. worthless were the WWE cards or the Re- World Wrestling Federation because they would count like you would have to sell like five to get one garbage pail kit. <laughs> yeah. so worthless. That was on the playground. You're like, I got, uh, well, uh, I got my Sergeant Slaughter card. Hello? And then everybody's just <laughs> leaving. Yeah. You're like, you feel like you feel like uh, Macaulay Culkin and Uncle Buck with his jar full of milk on the table. Would you be interested in a possible lunch swap? And then the kid's just whoosh, gone. Uh, yeah, what was your other observation, oh, sir? Oh, uh, well, I've got a suggestion for what the creepy lady could say. All right, this is the only suggestion we're going to take on this today, and then we're going to do the rest uh, later on. Right on. Okay. I'm sorry. We have determined your life has no meaning. Goodbye. Okay, Sarah, are we typing this in? Yes, hang on. All right. Mm-hmm. Any good jokes? Mm-hmm. What? Here we go. Okay. I'm sorry. We have determined your life has no meaning. Goodbye. Oh, <laughs> oh my brain. Okay. All right, thank you. Okay. Bye that's now. I figured. Thank All you. Right, thank you. I oh, that's icky. I should have asked him if he ever had his garbage pill kids appraised. He just sort of caught me off guard with that comic because I was busy looking at it. Every his... time you talk about garbage pill kids, I think of the big box of porn with all the garbage pill kids stickers Stuck all over it. Stuck all over it. it. Garbage... My mom burned mine. Really? Because they yeah. were evil? Yeah. Well, it was during that period when my mom was hyper-religious. Oh, yeah. Garbage pill kids would get you suspended from my school. Really? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no. Yeah. Mine, too, actually. Yeah. Anything that children enjoy, the man wants to take yep. away. Catholic school. Totally. Uh, yeah, I wasn't uh, allowed to have them there either. Southern and, Baptist school over and, here. And did you know? Did this happen at your school? Because Sarah didn't go to Catholic school. I did, but for a couple of years, two right? Years. Two, yeah. two years. Um, did this happen? Did Zigfried Catholic school? Oh yeah, big time. Yes, yeah. all of us. Look at me. Come on. And Tim, I mean, no wonder all. we're all so effed up. We got guilt. Jesus. Ugh. Um, I just got spanked. The uh, uh, the it was like the teachers though would all have memos circulated all over the country where when you would come back from summer vacation, they knew. What you loved and what you were into, and so they'd keep an eye on it. Like, they must have had some weird teacher message board somewhere on, like, a BBS, like a CompuServe board. Yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> be on the lookout for Because I remember we came back from school one year, and it's, like, September, and, like, the first day of school, teacher's like, there will be no garbage pail kids at this school. And I'm like, how does she know? How does she even know they exist? Because they just, they just came into existence over the summer. I remember a teacher at one point... We came back from summer vacation, and the teacher announced there were to be no star blazers, uh, drawings, or anything. What? Because it was like, I don't know why. In, the, in retrospect, it's just stupid. What, what do they care about star blazers? And like, you were not allowed to have any star blazers crap. Like, like if you had a drawing or like a peachy folder or something that had the uh, the uh, the Argo on it, you weren't allowed to have it. We couldn't have any uh, G.I. Joes, anything, because it promoted violence. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, so we, I think they were all for violence. You just couldn't have anything that was... Like, I couldn't have any bad magazines, obviously. They took, I have a bunch of bad magazines that I will never see again. I have this... My final bitter observation, then we'll break. Here's some bitterness that I will never get over. Uh, there was a... God, I'm trying to remember what the title of the book even was. It was a little paperback book, and it was the same dimensions as the Mad Magazine paperback compilations. But it was a, 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 uh, a minister... I think he was Catholic, but he was a minister, and he had written a book about. They've done this later with like Harry Potter and stuff like that, but in The Simpsons. But it was a book about um, how Mad Magazine, in a weird way, promoted morality, and how instead of like condemning sin, how Mad Magazine ridiculed 
um, sin and ridiculed immoral behavior, blah, 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 blah. And it was just sort of an interesting, it was like kind of, a, it wasn't even really interesting to me. It was like a 10-year-old because it was way too scholarly. It was like this scholarly look at Mad Magazine is seen through the eyes of religion and like could Mad Magazine in a weird way be a teaching tool for morality, blah, 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 blah. Um, but the subtitle of the book was The Ten Commandments Revisited. And man, all a teacher had to see, the nun had to see, like Ten Commandments, <laughs> Mad Magazine, and it was like Alfred E. Newman with a halo, and man, it just took it and like tore it into pieces. Tore, shredded it into pieces. And of course, you look at that book now, and it's like, you know, I will sell this to you for $85. Yeah, you know, totally. and it just infuriates <laughs> me. All right, I'm done. All right, Siegfried, uh, it's grindhousefilmfest.com uh, all weekend at uh, the Hollywood Theater. And there's a great interview on uh, Geek in the City and filmfeverradio.com of, uh, that Aaron did uh, with uh, Dan from the Grindhouse that just yeah, explains we, how the prints are. Go ahead. Yeah, on Film Fever Radio, we interviewed Dan. All right. uh, we got, so we got like a 50-minute interview with this organizer of Grindhouse. So Very good cool. Stuff. All right, there you go. Take a break. We'll be back after this. Tim Riley, uh, Aaron Duran review, uh, reviews uh, Beowulf. And uh, Aaron's top five as well. Like us at three, Donna Mike at seven, etc. Stay there. Back after this. out for 30 seconds. Hi, Siegfried. Oh, hello. Yeah, what? All right, we're going to talk about Beowulf in just a second. Uh, Tim Riley will count down Aaron's top five. Aaron, what is his top five? That's what I thought. I was just checking. Musicals. Um, I right. do what the white man says. <laughs> That's Aaron Duran. back. That's Aaron, Aaron Duran who said that. <laughs> Ship you back to where? To Susanville? <laughs> yeah, trust me. <laughs> I'd rather spend a night in TJ than another minute in Susanville. Suddenly, Susanville. Oh. Ministry uh, <laughs> <laughs> of Truth. Yeah. This is Tim Riley. I saved the lamest for the Thank final you. hour of the show. Thank you. I appreciate that. Save the name for last. Well, a robbery and assault guy unleashed a tirade in court after being sentenced to 50 years in jail. And Dustin Pulver pled guilty to sticking Over. a gun in a clerk's face at Sweet Sensations Adult Boutique. He's also accused of committing nearly a dozen robberies in Portland, Clackamas, and Washington County. So he gets 50 years in jail. The judge said, I've never seen a moment of remorse from you. I was hoping the sentence of 50 years will keep the citizens of this area safe. In your face. So Pulver says in response, what do you want me to do, cry? (laughs) (laughs) And then the bailiff sodomized him. You'll cry, funny man. All right. Hey, Richie, um, are you on the phone with somebody important? Can I ask that? Uh, I'm looking at the, the, the... Are you even on the phone, or is that just off the hook for no reason? Here are uh, some jokes for you to try, Aaron. Oh. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I, All right. Because I, I want to call low here, but it looks like the hotline is busy, and... Uh, hotline. Yeah. Is somebody... Are they talking? On the phone? There's something about something, something being checked into a hospital. Oh. oh. Yeah. We'll revisit that some other time. <laughs> Jesus, okay. All right. Just pick up the phone and this uh, some okay. No, covered with blood, you say. To shreds, you say. 
It's engaged. <laughs> uh, um, well, should we do the top five and then we'll try to call low on the other side? Yeah. Yes. All yes, right. yes, Here's your yes. top five. <laughs> James five five, let me leave. Four, Jokes are lame. Three, <laughs> two, one, fire. While he was still alive, you say. Counting is wonderful. Counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, please give your attention to the man in the corner who will count down Aaron Duran's top five today. Tim. I haven't, I haven't pre-read this. No, I yes. kept it clean, but I bet you my syntax is terrible because I was drunk when I wrote it. That's okay. The top five greatest show themes that Aaron queens out to when he doesn't think anybody is watching <laughs> or he has one too many cocktails, also known as the longest title ever. All right, here's uh, Aaron Duran's top five oh. show tunes. Honorable mention goes to fame. Yeah. I'm gonna live forever. forever. Nothing like fame? playing wildly to the sink pot goal that is fame. We shall indeed live forever. That wasn't so bad. Did you write dance, this? Aaron, dance. dance. I was hammered. Come dance, on, monkey. monkey. No. Because you know everybody's you're watching. Just flailing your arms. Aren't you listening to the white man? <laughs> <laughs> Peter, I will dance for you now. <laughs> uh, okay. No, seriously, dance. I. Come on! I have no. I'm dancing inside. Fine. Dancing inside. Okay. <laughs> Just reds, you say. Here's number, number five. five. Two life fiddler on the roof. Really? Yeah. Shut up. Uh, no, I have no problem. Don't be hostile. I Lechayim. Lechayim. I have no problem with Fiddler on the Roof. Well, no story about a Jewish family living under the Tsar of Russia can be all laughs and joy. There's nothing better than pounding some brews while belting up the Topol gold. Plus, if I didn't add this play, Joni would kill me. Lechayim. To life. Fiddler. I barely knew her. <laughs> Here's to my bride-to-be. Drink Lechayim. To life. Chuck the angular vector of the moon. Could this topo? Can you turn this up a little, Sarah? There seems to be some other noise happening in the background. Thank you. You started. <laughs> it's stereo separation. That's why it's so weird. I know. I hate that. It makes people crazy. I feel like I'm listening to all these things. I do love Fiddler on the Road. I, I do, too. To that. And it does end really sad. Totally. All yeah. right. Number four. Dentist, Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. One of the better doo-wop rock plays, Little Shop of Horrors, often acts as a gateway drug to the world of musical theater. At least it did for Aaron. It also helped that I played the dentist back in high school, Aaron's words. That's oh, right. Oh, mama. Oh, mama. That's oh, mama. Kind of creeping me out. <laughs> now, this is the Steve Martin version. Yeah. yeah. My mama I haven't heard this forever. I love this song. What did she say? Oh, God. Ready? <laughs> did we she all said, my boy, something, someday. You found a way I have to make you remember. I can't believe we just did that. Ready? Here comes. You'll be a dentist. Remember the movie? It's Bill Murray sitting in the chair going, Wow. Be a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> that was Aaron and I. Smartful priesthood. And you would think this was a holiday show. Dentist. You'll be a success. I'm no, I'm done. I'm oh, done with that. To... 
<laughs> All right, counting down the top five show tunes from Eric Duran. Don't tell Mama, Cabaret. Yeah. yeah. Nice. With Cabaret's triumphant return to Portland, Aaron's love for full-on prancing and dancing was rekindled. While the show does have a few downer numbers, this is something just so wickedly fantastic about this song. Mama. Is this Liza Minnelli? Uh, no, this was... I, I actually spent hours hunting down a version that would sound as close to the Portland one as possible. Right. So this is a German production of it. And they're singing the songs in English, but it's an entire German production crew. Yeah, it's cool. That I'm working at a nightclub. Oh, I loved this song. Yeah. This is a great song. Money's really good too. That song. That money is haunting. Yeah. That's a creepy song. Yeah. Yeah. I almost, oh, the money, wow. money, money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I almost picked uh, really V Comin, but it requires a lot of editing. The yeah. opening song. Totally. <laughs> Aaron and I were both dancing just now. <laughs> you know what I keep hearing in my... I keep seeing in my head somewhere, I keep seeing Meg Tilly. I don't know why. It's because Meg Tilly sings a song vibe. just like this in Bullets Over Broadway. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. why. All right. This also has kind of a Chicago vibe to it. Totally. And it's the way it's ended up. A better all right, counting down Aaron Duran's top five favorite show tunes. This one's for Sarah. Number two, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Hut for Tony. Even though Aaron played Dr. Frank Porter in his smaller days, it was Eddie's rockin' song that gets his geeky blood flowing. Um, until the whole of Chainsaw Death thing. I really love rock and roll. This is a London cast. So it's not meatloaf, but it's still badass. I'm really drunk. <laughs> yes. It's Richard Harris's version. <laughs> She's riding the motorcycle through the stage. I love this song. I'm not like the biggest Rocky Horror fan, but damn, there's some great songs in this. All the rock. I'm not a big fan of the play. I love the music in it. One of my jobs was to clean up after the show at the theater that show. Oh. <laughs> Every Friday night at one in the morning, and ride the bus home alone. What a terrible life! There ought to be a musical. There ought to be a musical, like a show tune about having to work at the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's good. Oh, that'd be cool. You know that's genius. All right, counting down Aaron Durant's top five favorite right. show tunes. Here Number comes one. the Dark Horse too. Evil Dead the Musical. A relative newcomer to the world I, of the musical theater, yeah. Evil Dead, the musical skyrockets to the top of the list. I know that day when I dropped off my this is a fantastic musical. Oh, yeah. I didn't know it was an Evil Dead musical. Yep, I'm trying to get it out here. I'm, I'm talking to people doing it. I'm trying really hard. How could it not be? This is a flaming dancing show with zombies, demons, violent sash, chainsaw blood, and a dancing head. Hand. Plus, it gives Aaron a chance to sing to the lovely Jen. You make this job so groovy. Yes, Aaron is married for real to a, a woman. <laughs> this is a great song. This is a great top five. Well done. Thank you. I think we should all do this. Now I want to do top five show tunes. Let's do this next week. All right. Same time. Can we all just do it? Here comes out. Next week we should all, everybody in the show, we should all pick top five show tunes. We have we're all together. Oh, that's right. Well, maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, the greatest man in the history of the world. 
Um, Should we break now? Yeah. Okay, we'll come back, Beowulf, and we'll talk to the low real quickly if time permits. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Housewares employee, land the perfect girl. How did the perfect girl land a housewares employee? I could barely focus on my checkout line. Your polyester shirt always on my mind. Fantasies took over me. I forget to scan items and give them all free. How did I concentrate on housewares? Who cares about blenders when you're right there? A rose burst that... We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day. The final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. That's creepy and cool. This is completely addictive. I need to turn it off. You know, and this is what they're going to replace us all with someday. <laughs> That's a little taste of working at Clear Channel right there. Don't use that too much. You'll give somebody an idea. Seriously. Well, you know, Lycus did that one time. we got to be real quick here. Lycus did this one time where somebody was saying, uh, God, I forget what it was. Somebody was like, you know, Tom, your job's easy. Anybody could do your job, Tom Lycus. A computer could do your job. And Tom's like, oh, really? And so Tom... <laughs> Quit talking, and they had one of those programs, and Tom, it, they just replaced Tom with that machine for like 10 minutes. That's and pretty it was cool. hilarious. And it was doing all of Tom's stuff, like, really? And, um, <laughs> unbelievable. You're you out of You want to be blown up. Yeah, totally. It was <laughs> yeah. exactly like, show me your rack. You know, it was a lot of, <laughs> it was hilarious. It was like, it was a genius moment for Tom, really. You can't argue with that guy. He'll destroy you. Oh, no. He, yeah. I heard him crush some poor woman the other day, and at the end, he's like, I'm sorry, I'm Click. Yeah. Uh, Siegfried, Aaron, let's talk. Beowulf, go. Um, Beowulf from Robert Zemeckis. It's that new, it's that kind of weird, creepy uh, motion capture the CGI. Dead-eyed children CGI. Yeah, the people no longer look like zombies, so there's a step up in it. But it's still a distracting animation style to me. Um, the action scenes are a little weak because of this animation style doesn't have a lot of fluidity to it. Right. Um, lots of naked Danish butts. Which is really off-putting. It's CGI naked butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all CGI, but Weird. it's very realistic looking. Um, the why th- don't they just have actors? If they have motion capture CGI, why don't they just have actors? Well, it's even worse when they make every single character look like their vocal actor, which is right. lame. So you have a CGI I mean, a version, version of Angelina Lover. Jolie that is motion capture. Why not just get Angelina Jolie? Yeah, no, it was probably because it's cheap. Well, no, because yeah. they kick she, in like ten million for yeah. vocal work anyway. And um, people that are excited to see Angelina Jolie, quote, naked, don't get excited. All right. You know. Just, I mean, movie's it's okay. Animated. It's not bad, but it's not great either. And I think right now the 3D effect is still kind of a gimmick to make up for weak storytelling. All right, then. I can't wait to see a movie in 3D. Though. I want to see it, though, just it's, for the visual. You know? um, see, I was disappointed. Maybe if I see it in the IMAX version 3D, it'll have a bigger impact. And That's Boba Fett wrote to me, so he saw the sneak preview, and he said it was amazing. We're giving away tickets to yeah. the IMAX in digital D, so... See, it may not have been in Digital D. That was a problem. I saw okay. it at a Lloyd screener. Digital D is more accurate. So that's the thing. Maybe if I see it in the better presentation, the 3D will have a stronger effect. Is it, I have to ask, does 3D still give you a headache? No. Really? Have they they've surpassed it? The new polarized lenses are last thing I saw yeah. was that Ghost of the Abyss thing or the Titanic 3D right. deal, and it was you know it's okay, but your brain sort of did. It wasn't really. Yeah, that wasn't. It was, go- and it was ghosting. There was a lot of art ghosting that was happening. None of that. Okay, really? None of that. Well, yeah. you know, we're coming along then. Terminal, no, yeah. Is Cameron working on his own proprietary 3D system? Yes, he's going to try to do it for Avatar. Ah, oh, sweet. All right, uh, real quickly, let's welcome to the Rick Emerson program our good friend, Lolo, in Las Woo. Vegas. Hello, sir. 
drink deliveries for Whitey. How may I help you? I tried to play back your voicemail from last night, but I was unable to get into production or blah, 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 blah. So Lowe sends me the greatest voicemail. It's like, it was some, you know, the eagle has landed. The fat man walks alone. The, the cow has left the barn. It was just, so you dropped off. Um, what's a vodka for Lisa Desjardins and some whiskey for James Roop at the hotel? Yeah, yeah. I, and uh, I picked him up a couple of uh, cards that play music when they open them. Excellent. And uh, just attached those, put them in secret spy envelopes, and uh, got the no one wants to deal with the black man treatment at the hotel. Yeah, I was going to say, did, 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 did they? I mean, leave that there. You can't leave that. I guess I but can't they say are. that, but uh, a holes. They're, yeah. they're just ridiculous, like. I go in and there's this scraggly old lady at the desk, and she's like, "Y'all have to go over to the concierge." <laughs> so I walk over to the concierge. She's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm not even with the hotel. You'll have to go over to the business center." <laughs> so I walk over to the business center, and this slog of a woman is saying, "You know, I, you know I, if, if you don't if you don't have a tracking number, I can't take it." And I'm like. Okay, so if I walk out to my car and write a, a tracking number out in crayon, you'll take it? <laughs> She's like, well, I can't be responsible for it. I'm like, look, if and so, of course, now I'm looking like a terrorist. Okay, <laughs> if, if, if no one gets this, it doesn't matter. You, I, I'm not going to come looking for you. Well, I can't take it. So you'll have to go to the concierge. So I go back to the concierge. She's like, I'm sorry, you'll have to go back to the front desk. <laughs> And so I finally go to the front desk, and, of course, Lisa's name is under Goddard, so the chick looks at me like I'm crazy. Right. Desjardins, uh, I can't find this. And, and so I finally got him dropped off, and, and you know, it's kind of like all I needed was a montage of me driving around Las Vegas, <laughs> looking for many bottles and buying cars and, and packaging supplies. It was ridiculous. Fantastic. Well, let me just – this might make it all worthwhile. I got this uh, at midnight – let's see, 12.16 last night, so midnight – from James Roop, thanks for the Jack Daniels, my friend. I put it to good use, Jim. So uh, our thanks to you, uh, you know, and our thanks from Jim and Lisa, uh, from us to you. So thank you for helping us out, my friend. I will, uh, I'll catch you later tonight, and we'll settle up. And I hope you bought yourself something shiny. Well, it was, it was my pleasure. I got, a, I got a nice new bottle of vodka to celebrate. Tonight. Excellent. <laughs> thank you, my friend. All right, you guys take care. Ladies and gentlemen, the low in Las Vegas. All right, thank you so much. He should walk in next time. Where are the white women at? Dude, he's at last night. He's just like, you will not believe what I had to go through. classier than all of us combined. Way more. Totally. All right, filmpeoplereadio.com and geekthecity.com. Go to grindhousefilmfest.com. The Grindhouse Film Festival happens all weekend long at the Hollywood. We want to thank Cena Radio correspondents Ed McCarthy, Steve Kastenbaum, and anybody else? Am I missing somebody? The low, I think that's it. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Terry Stone for AM 970 Solid State Radio. Uh, Siegfried, thank you as well. In the newsroom, it's Tim Riley. Uh, the gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. Director of marketing is Susan Reynolds. And, of course, on the phone, Richie Bristol. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And don't let the masters run anymore. Watch out for snakes. Like his neck. I regret nothing. Bye. Be good. I'll be watching you.